With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 360th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining me on the call so far, a big night, and there's only two of us, me and Andy Patterson. Welcome to everybody listening in the chat, hoping for a few more to jump on as the night progresses. Ozzy Smith said he'll be here just after... Uh, 8 o'clock, so expecting him as well. We are live on Mixler.com forward slash Boxing Asylum from 8 o'clock every Sunday. The Patreon RSS feed shortly after the show concludes, or you might be catching us on Mondays. YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes, it all goes up there. Same weather warning in place this week as there was last. Hopefully we'll get through the night without cutting out or Rob being swept into the River Slaney or something. But wherever you're listening out there, everybody, be safe. As As a wise man once said, please be safe. So we've got a couple of guests coming up around the 10 past 8 mark, half past 8 mark as well. Bit of housekeeping stuff in the first hour. Looking to get straight into Wilder versus Fury 2 and have a good run at it from about 9 o'clock onwards. A few questions, value of the week's comments. Do stick with us. Let's start off then, Andy, me and you, talking about this Ryan Garcia fight against Francisco Fonseca. Obviously, they're grooming it, grooming him to fight against Jorge Linares, who also enjoyed a win on the undercard, which neither of us have actually seen, hard to get hold of. But Fonseca was truly knocked the fuck out. I was genuinely worried about this guy. The way he was lying on his back, eyes laid open, like he was about to receive the last rights. Thankfully, he got up. But Ryan Garcia, one hell of a knockout with the left hook, the favoured, fabled punch of his uh, mentor and manager, Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, it was probably knockout the weekend. There's been a couple of contenders, actually. That um, Elwin Soto had a good knockout during the weekend, a left hook to the body. But I don't know which we can lay, lay on this fight, Steve. So, okay, it was, it was, he's a decent opponent for Fonseca, but I was, like you, I'm shocked that he actually ended that, you know, in the manner what he did. Le- yeah, check left hook. Um, it says he, he has had a couple of, well, not so much the, the Dano fight. Remember um, a couple of fights back, was it the guy... Um, Guy Morales, the the guy that Linares beat or knocked out there uh, mm. on the same card, and that you know he kind of struggled with that boy. I don't know if it's maybe because he was, um, you know, he's been active over the, the course of the last few months and stuff. I don't know if it was maybe kind of tiredness caught up with him and stuff, or whether moving to Canelo's team has really had a, a big effect on him. But um, as I say, that's that's two wins in the bounce now with the Canelo team, and it's two first round knockouts and stuff. So um, get some into contention. Um, he is he is causing you know. A lot of dis- no, 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 disputes around, debate, shall I say, between the British, uh, mainly the British guys and stuff, because uh, you either like him or you don't. To me, I, I I don't dislike the guy. I just want to see him tested and stuff, because obviously we're talking about world title fights and stuff when he was like what, I don't know, like a thirteen and old prov- uh, novice or one and stuff like that. So if you want to talk like that, then I think Linares would be an absolute fantastic fight for him. Um, it's not a gimme. I don't think even at this point Linares going up all um, uh, up to one thirty five. Um, sorry, come back. Doing it one thirty-five. Sorry to, to to make that fight might make a, a major difference for for the outcome of that fight because I don't know if he can still do it because obviously, obviously, Linares having that stoppage defeat um, when his first fight up was at one forty-seven. I think it was sorry uh, at one forty mm. against Cano. Um, she might be coming back doing stuff, but I, I know the fight was at one thirty-five. But 
Well, that is, you know, again, you know, it was actually a clash of heads, but it was a, it was a decent performance for him, I suppose. Um, dropped the guy face first to, to, to the floor and ended the, the fight friendly. He should have done. So he shouldn't have really been struggling with that guy, which he never did anyway. But um, as I say, I really don't know how much stock I can put into um, the Garcia one because obviously it was just a, a one-punch knockout. And uh, he's obviously not going to be able to do that every fight. So we, need, we, want, we want to see him in with like Solanares next. And uh, if he does win, I'll, I'll give him major props. I don't want to really hear about Linares at this point being being washed or, or therefore taken and stuff. Because at the end of the day, is, you know, the baton's got to be passed on to someone at the end of the day. And Linares has always been a kind of favourite of Golden Boys and stuff. So maybe it's time to pass on the baton. We'll wait and see. But I think the fight should get made next. And... Um, you know, when, when lose or draw, that I think um, you know, Garcia would need to prove to us in that fight, you know, what he's really about because um, all the kind of flashy Dan, you know, combination punches and stuff will only get you so far. But if you are unable to kind of take the punishment and come back, um, you know, so we'll, we'll wait and see. But I think at this point, um, it's a fight to be made. But um, Garcia is still going to, you know, for, for me, I, again, I'm not totally sold on him, but. Um, He's definitely got tools and stuff, but um, he's definitely a lot there to de- to develop, and uh, I think he will come good. But at the minute, I'm just no there. I don't know about yourself, like. Well, the way I look at it, Andy, is I before this fight. I'm not saying this off the back of the way he knocked out Fonseca. I think that Linares is not washed, but he's close to washed, and they are looking to pass the baton. That is why they are making this fight. And my instinct is that Garcia is going to knock Linares out. Maybe it's a clean knock. I can see Linares walking onto something, maybe a left hook, and getting knocked out in about the sixth or seventh round, sending the hype into into hyperdrive, and people going mm-hmm. absolutely bonkers over this kid Garcia. That's the way I thought about it before I saw the Fonseca fight. So I'm not just basing this off the fact that he iced this kid, which we expected him to do. Maybe not as early and as spectacularly as he did, but I think that Linares is prime for the taking. He's ripe, and they know it. And I can see Garcia knocking him out in about six or seven rounds, as I said, and him looking really impressive, and the hype really starting to build. I noticed on Google Alerts this morning, things uh, coming in or yesterday morning from Business Insider, all these other publications, Forbes, starting to take an eye and interest in Ryan Garcia as well. So I, I can see him knocking out um, Linares. Uh, I don't know what you think. At this point, I don't know. I still think Linares has got a lot of class about him. At the end of the day, the Cano fight, you know, people can look into that and say, right, okay, at that point he's washed. But he's had, he's had likes of the first round or the early stoppage defeats and that as well. I remember that Sergio Thompson was quite a shock defeat and he's come back mm. quite strong. But um, as you say, at this point, 34, come down at 135 again. Maybe the last two fights has been him, you know, testing the waters to see how he's going to feel at the weight because. Um, He's going to need to make sure he makes the weight properly. He doesn't want to crash anything because uh, I think, you know, especially early, um, first four rounds, Garcia's going to be dangerous, I think. But I, d- I don't see him walking around a shot like that for like, so like, like what happened to, to Fonseca. Um, I just think he's just, you know, he's too schooled, too well-grounded and stuff. But I, again, if he does what he did, sorry, if Garcia does uh, to Linares what he did to Marate, if in second, I'll be absolutely shocked, especially early doors. First four rounds, if he stops him and stuff, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a again, you, you think he's washed and stuff, but I still think it would be a signature signature statement win, even at that point in his career. But if it does go rounds, I want to see him tested, and I think Linares has still got enough about him to go rounds. Yeah, I think he, he will go into the second half of the fight, but I think freshness is the key, and I think they've got him at the right time, and Garcia will be fresher, fitter and faster than, than this version of Linares and he'll get the signature stoppage. Uh, so shout out to everybody in the chat there, vibrant chat, just shy of 5,000 people bustling and hustling for attention. Swaggy Taggy's there, Tosh, High Guard Plodder, 
early IFL Frotch trading leather. Shout out to you, sir. Join Mixler especially so he could be here tonight with us, JG. Hamid92 says, Boxing sucks. Haven't watched one full fight live from America since Crawford versus Aegis. Welcome to you then. You're in the right place. <laughs> We're going to be talking about boxing for the next couple of hours. Uh, yeah, Hamid uh, is there. Adam Smith is talking about Adam Smith. That's not very nice, that Hamid. Boxing 420 UK as well. Is jumping in. Uh, welcome to you, Gabriel Lewis. You're with us. Ryan Garcia against Francisco Fonseca. Impressive performance. The pod's resident Ryan Garcia fan, as you are, Gabe. Were you suitably impressed by his display and the finish? Uh, I mean, yeah, it wasn't bad. Uh, Fonseca has <clears throat> never been a top, like, top caliber guy, but certainly nothing to be disrespectful of. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel like it was a really good opponent um, to start with. So uh, to me, it's a little bit disappointing. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, when I say disappointing, I mean I feel like the kid could do a lot better. But I feel like he's not going to because he's getting paid to have rubbish fights with rubbish opponents, and it's just going to continue that way for the foreseeable future unless they do Lenaris. But then after Lenaris, I'm not really sure what um, what the deal is. I mean, it seems like they could go a number of ways, but they don't want to do Devin Haney, which he was barking after the fight. Um, yeah, that is, so- that is bullshit, shouting at Hopkins like that, man. Jesus, what are they all about? They're, they're telling Hopkins, Bernard Hopkins, how things are going to go down in this fucking industry. This is Bernard Hopkins they're talking to. Who the fuck are they? The point is, I think they're all wrong. I mean, I think the way Golden Boy and Ryan Garcia are going about it is wrong. I think the way Devin Haney is going about it is wrong. I mean, I just feel like it's it's just typical bullshit that we talk about week in and week out, it seems, on on at least some front. You know, there's always some kind of fucking ridiculous bullshit that causes people to um, get irritated, you know, at the sport of boxing and and I don't think I'm any different, uh, or a lot of us are, because it's just it's nonsense. Whenever it happens, we want to see these guys fucking fight. So just get in the ring and let's let's fight. Um, I don't see a lot of point in doing things the way that they're doing and spreading things out because neither guy is elite at this point. So why not sort them now? And then if both guys go on to do well after that, they can re- have a rematch later on for even potentially more money because they've continue to rise so um i mean i don't know there's no telling sorry gabe did you see anything from the undercard did you see lenares at all no all i saw was garcia uh, i didn't get to catch anything else In, on that card of course i did see uh the card last night yeah, let's move on to that then, shall we? With your, your good self, Caleb Plant, knocking out Vinny the Doorman. We'll let Andy seethe, uh, build up his uh, testosterone levels for this one. Vinny the Doorman putting in a sterling performance. <laughs> IB, IBF, super middleweight title. I thought Vinny would indeed go the distance. He looked, he was doing pretty well from a point of view that he was a walking punch bag. His nose busted up. I, I, didn't, I had a Spanish language commentary, so I wasn't really sure what was going on. But it looked to me like he was uh, taking a right beating Plant. Put his foot down, got the job done. Really nice uh, crowd there, enjoying themselves. That's what you want to see from Plant. Not just the skills, not just the sweet hands, as he calls himself, but actually getting the job done, lowering the axe and getting rid of these guys. Fagan Boots wasn't on his level, Gabe, and he got rid of a guy just the way you should do in the 10th round. 
Yeah, it was pretty evident, like from the first from the first bell, what was going to happen, um, or at least what the possibility was. I mean, from the first round, I thought, oh, this is going to be a brutal one sided fashion. Uh, you know, I know that Andy called that that stoppage in the tenth round as well. Uh, I don't think Vinny is a pile of garbage, but I don't definitely don't think he's elite caliber. Um, and so. Well, when the fight started, I kind of thought, was thinking maybe it could end sooner than that because um, Plant was really taking his time um, and, and letting Vinny walk in and smacking him around. Great jab, hooks. I mean, the whole nine yards, pretty much everything he, everything he wanted to do, he was able to do. And uh, Fegan Boots came out a little bit tentative, you know, because he realizes he's getting picked apart. So it makes him more tentative, and so the fight just wasn't going to change. Because um, while I don't really feel like Plant is uh, a huge, huge puncher, I feel like he's got more than enough power to keep guys honest. Uh, you know, so he's not going to be a guy like like Polly or uh, Tony Luis or any of those guys that maybe aren't real hard hitters. <laughs> um, but I think that he's definitely got enough power. Obviously, we've seen him him punish some guys before, so I feel like again he he had enough power to do that, um, <clears throat> which is good sign that he's willing to put it to use and go for it because he could easily box somebody's ears off from the first bell to the end. But I like to see, like you said, Steve, a guy who's gonna who's gonna put his foot down on the gas and get rid of people that shouldn't be in there. Andy, putting your foot your foot on the gas and tell us about this one then, because obviously Plant last time was in against an overmatched guy like Mike Lee, uh, did the job against him, and he was walking onto the shots. Guys like Fagan Boots as well, walking onto the shots. If you're going to run away from Plant, I think you're going to give him a few problems, try and box him. But they get the PBC are getting in these opposite these opponents, whether it's mandatories, voluntaries, whatever, who are going to walk straight onto his shots, and he's going to look a million dollars like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. the fight we want to see next. Is him against David Benavides. That would be a whole different proposition. Park that for one second and tell me about Vinny's amazing performance. Fuck all amazing about it. Um, well, I suppose the only thing about it, actually, I mean, I'll give him his credit. He was, he was tough. Um, loads of heart. Um, but at the end of the day as well, it was all about levels. And I think if you put Vinny in front of someone who is willing to trade, stand in the pocket with him and stuff, he's going to look He's going to look brilliant. He's going to, you know, there's no shame in what level he's at, European level, but he was overmatched there last night. Um, I know I did say last week that I would have predicted a 10th round stoppage because you know, we thought Plant is in and out of, kind of the mood when, when it comes to fighting. I think he could have ended up when he, you know, a lot quicker than what he wanted to. And I was actually kind of, I don't know if it was just you guys as well, but I thought the rehydration certainly put Plant in a different um, you know, different weight division he certainly looked, looked like, big um, didn't know, he yeah, he did big, I. Yeah. and Feigen Boots isn't, isn't a small guy actually but he looked like a true middleweight in there last night against a, a legit bonafide super middleweight but I think off that performance as well you know Plant at times he was he was he was, was responsible he, he, good combinations uh, you know, three four punches and stuff and it really did kind of make uh, Feigen Boots' head kind of like rattle back and stuff and you know, he was showing you know death defensive moves. You know, hiding behind the you know the shoulder roll and stuff and that as well. But I think, again, as I say, at that level, you can get away with that. I think, as you say, mate, Benavides, who I'm also high on, I think it's a totally different fight. 
And I think we need to see Plant being far more defensively, you know, responsible and fighting more off the back foot against a guy like Benavides, who, you know, is a crushing hitter, um, as I say. But again, unfagging, but she's pretty well. I got told he fought there, you know, after everything, you know, being paid, corner not sort of stuff, percentages and that, he's got made 80,000 off that fight there. So, not a lot of money when you think about the kind of beating that he took. But, I'm looking at that the first three, four rounds and I'm saying to myself, even knowing the result, I think to myself, even even then, people couldn't kind of like, cry against, you know, getting called out, you know, or getting pulled out of the fight because, he had no answers to what Plant was doing. You know, he gave a, a, a good stand in the sixth, I think it was. But Plant just kind of like nullified that, you know. And uh, in the end, he got, he was basically kind of like worn down and stuff. But as I say, his levels and Fagin Boots is at, is at European level. And um, unless like a kind of bogus IBO title or a fringe Panamanian belt kind of comes up and stuff, like he has had before, um, I don't foresee him kind of like say get over the line at any point as well and it's a shame because German boxing needs somebody to kind of come in here and you know pick up a title because it's languishing badly German boxing at the minute and um, okay you've got you know, talks of Abraham Sturm possibly happening as well but other two names I can think of off the top of my head is uh, you know, they're well off world level at the minute so Feigenbutz is obviously having to kind of come back down and you know work his way up but again as I say it was just levels and Plant just showed that he was like two levels above him but you'll have to be far, far better as well. You'll need to go up another level to fight the likes of Benavides next. Yeah, uh, Fagan Boots had no answer for what Caleb Plant was bringing. Also, we have no answer from our first guest, trying to juggle a few balls in the air here, trying to get him or her on. It's not happening at the moment. Hopefully it will as the evening progresses. Gabe's with us, Andy's with us, as you've heard from both of those guys. Also, Ozzy's jumped on. Coming to you shortly, Ozzy. Rapping Rob Kelly, worried earlier about him being blown off into the River Slaney. What about this then, Rob? Eggy Phil in the chat says, I don't think Kelly has a chin myself. I think he's on about Josh Kelly, but it could stand to you as well, Roberto. Oh, and I don't think there should be any anyone overly concerned about me getting blown. Um, I'm well used to it at this stage, so I'll be able to deal with anything that comes my way. Don't worry about uh, it. Uh, you what, actually? <laughs> Your pink cigar. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, what are we talking about? Caleb Plant? Well, we are talking about Caleb Plant. Uh, he dealt with everything that came his way from Vinnie Fagan boots, which wasn't a great deal. Well, I'm a big fan of the plants myself, um, so I'm, I'm always rooting for for Caleb. Um, no, I think I, I think I called a stoppies last week. I think I got bring all the smoke, Rob. Bring all the smoke, baby. Be safe. <laughs> bring all the smoke. Um, no, I think I think. Uh, can you say, hear me first of all? Okay, yeah, because I'm not. We can certainly. Um, yeah, a bit ropey. I think. Um, yeah, guys like Fagan Boots. <laughs> that are straight up and down, no special effects, Caleb Plant's going to look brilliant against them um, because the guy doesn't move his head. He comes forward and, um, he, like I said, he, he doesn't move his head and he comes forward, so he's made for Caleb Plant. So all those lovely little kind of uppercuts through the guard and left hooks around the, the side and everything, he's tailor-made for Plant. In order to put Plant under pressure, you kind of have to have a little bit of, do what he did in that little flurry all the time. So like even if you're not hitting him, Back him up, hit his arms, you know, make him uncomfortable, push, push him to the ropes, which is easier said than done. Because Caleb Plant's got some level of talent; he is exciting. Um, the him, the fight again, and Vides is make. Although I wouldn't mind seeing Ryder in there, that'd be a good fight. And um, I wouldn't mind seeing him unify against any of the sixty-eight 
to be honest with you I like Caleb Plant and I like Benavides Benavides has been inactive though hasn't he with the suspension for cocaine and stuff he's a bit of a banger like isn't he so you don't know how that's going to go I'd say he probably has the edge on no I thought I think he said he was the first I think he's the I think he had two bats last year so did he yeah well he's not he he didn't fight in the Super 6 and that didn't he and he had a suspension so we kind of don't know how good Benavides is either he hasn't been tearing it down against top level opposition I thought Caleb Plant was good against Ustakagi uh, but like fucking Fabian Boots has made for him, you know what I mean? That's a that's a, that's a showcase fight for him. Like, um, but yeah, yeah, I'd like to see him unify, and I, I think he's good. Um, even if Clarissa Shields thinks he was fighting an MMA fighter, she's some fucking nerve, by the way. Talking about people fighting MMA fighters, her holy fuck! But uh, yeah, good, a good, good fight from Kayla Plant and a good stoppage. There you go, everybody. The chat enjoying Rob. I'm dropping a few bars in the chat. Who would have thought it? Uh, what do you think about this then, Rob? Rob dropping lyrics like Obi Wan Kenobi, chilling in the copter like R.I.B. Kobe. <laughs> a bit too soon, perhaps. Well, that wasn't the hammy that dropped that one anyway. <laughs> wasted, um, wasted. Did you see the Garcia fight? No, Ryan Garcia, we come to that. Yes, we've just talked about uh, Fonseca's soul leaving his body as he hit the canvas. Yeah, I mean, look, it's fuck me. Like, I can't stand Ryan Garcia as a person. Like, I think he's fucking absolutely abominable. His behaviour beforehand and after the fight, I mean, he's just surrounded by yes-men. He's just a complete different generation. I mean, I heard a great story on Rogan this week about Radio Raheem when he was telling James Tony sparring stories and all that, talking about him dogging Danny Green. But then you, you you go to flip side and you have Ryan Garcia and his entourage like, oh man, you're you're the best. You throw that left hook every day in training and he throws it from different angles. And yeah, oh, I saw that punch coming a mile away. I guess the level I'm on is, but he's a, he's a creep, but he is a good fighter. He is a good fighter. And that was a tremendous shot. And that's a big statement for him in the lightweight division. And to me, the lightweight division is one of the most exciting now. In, in, in and around there, you've got the Javante, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Tiafimo Lopez and Lomachenko and Lenari is still fucking operating around the fringes there as well if he wants to come back down to 35 so between 130 and 140 is looking very exciting at the moment um, absolutely perfect knockout and he did look like he rehearsed that you know as much as I'm sl- slagging him off there he threw it once or twice in the fight the little check left hook and, and Kahneman absolutely obliterated and put his lights out so um, big performance from him and a big statement Big statement, exciting rapping Rob Kelly, also of excitement value. Ozzy's on the call with us. Welcome to you, Ozzy. You're very welcome. Discuss Ryan Garcia or Caleb Plant. The choice is yours. Well, I'll start with Garcia because it was a short and sweet uh, fight uh, and a very impressive performance. I was, I mean, he absolutely destroyed Fonseca. And bear in mind, we saw Fonseca in an impressive fight against Alex Dilmagani, probably about all of eight, nine weeks ago on Channel 5. And and that was a close fight. And, and Ryan Garcia absolutely ironed him out. And as you say, I think his soul just evaporated. And we probably won't be seeing him again for a long time now because it, it was a very, very impressive performance. And I thought Fonseca may have been able to ask, you know, just a few, you know, like ask different questions. I'm not saying he was, you know, like he was go- going to win the fight. But I felt he was certainly, you know, it, it wasn't a bad opponent whatsoever. But as for Garcia, an impressive win. And and look, fights like this, uh, they're not bad for him. Um, so I, overall, it was it, it was a very impressive display. And and one, it's going to be interesting to see where next. They're clearly going to look to match him with Lonares. 
how soon they do that, I'm not too sure. But I tell you what, it'll be a hell of a fight when it does get made. Certainly will, Aussie. One to look forward to anyway. Also, we have our first guest of the evening on the line. Welcome to Chantel Cameron. How are you, Chantel? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for joining us. Won't keep you too long. I know it's a bit rough out no, there. A um, bit, bit yeah. bad weather. Um, you fought last, uh, last fought early November 2019. What's on the horizon for 2020, Chantel? I'm hoping a world title shot. I'm just waiting at the moment. So one more uh, eliminator for the WBC and two weight divisions now. So lightweight and super lightweight. So now I'm just waiting for the green light to get my world title shot. Yeah, obviously it's a waiting game. You've won a couple of eliminators already. You've got the WBC silver title. Now, uh, if I, am I right in saying here, the WBC champion at lightweight is currently Katie Taylor, but would you expect her to vacate or how do you see that situation playing out? Um, I know she's boxing Amanda Serrano next. Well, that's what the rumours are. So I don't know if she'll be vacating or what her moves are. I'm not too sure. But your team are obviously going to be working on things for you regardless of what she does and we're going to expect some kind of a shot. Yeah, so I'll be getting a shot, but I think it'll be super lightweight against uh, Jessica Pascal. So it's more likely to be heading that way because that's been called upon that I get that fight. Would, would you say that you're comfortable making super lightweight, but would you naturally be a lightweight? How, does, how did your weight work? I should, uh, I should truly be a lightweight. I'm not a super lightweight fighter, but had to go where the opportunities are and the opportunities it's easier to get a, a fight at super lightweight yeah and down at super feather you were obviously at the recent terry harper fight against eva valstrom how did you assess yeah. terry's performance yeah it was a great performance i was really impressed and um, it was smart it was, it was a good fight yeah especially considering valstrom was so experienced terry hadn't had so many yeah. fights but she dealt with her very well and used her advantages yeah it's a very good fight it's impressive uh, back to yourself, you're obviously training with Jamie Moore and the team. How's that coming along? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, uh, it's good being up in Manchester. It's a good team. And you've been sparring with Ellie Scottney. She's recently signed professional terms with Matchroom. Tell us about Ellie's abilities. So, about Ellie's, sorry, what? Ellie's abilities. How good is she as a fighter? Yeah, very good. I'm looking forward to watching her debut. She's talented. She had a good amateur background and she's going to do well in the pros looking forward to our journey absolutely just to remind our listeners we've got Chantel Cameron on the call at Chantel Cam over on Twitter uh, we've asked for a few questions uh, Trading Leather says ask Chantel if she feels like she could put a beating on Katie Taylor a bit short and to the point there <laughs> uh, that's a funny one uh, I think yeah I think I can I think I can beat her I think my style is her worst nightmare I feel like I'd give her a hard night's work and think it'd be a great fight. I think it'd be a tough, tough fight. It wouldn't be an easy fight, but I do think, especially if the judges were fair, I reckon I'd take her. Yeah, one of the guys was asking about the Pursoon fight. Obviously, Pursoon was the long-running WBC champion. It was real nip and tuck over in New York there. I thought Pursoon might have just about done enough. Did that give you confidence watching the way Katie performed, or how did you see that fight? It, it was, yeah. It's um, So i seen that fight, and from... Watching it on the TV, I thought Pursuing won it. I thought um, I was really impressed by Pursuing actually. I thought she boxed brilliantly and she would like she stuck it on Katie throughout the ten rounds. I would have I would have given it to Pursuing, and um, I think that was what showed me is that I can beat Katie because Pursuing was good, but I feel like I had a little something extra that Pursuing didn't have. Us, so I worked body and head and more combinations and a bit more of a I can 
box as well. So watching her pressure Katie like that and Katie in so much trouble, it made me see like I, I can do that, but I can put her in more trouble. I know we've had you on before and I've probably asked you this before, but you mentioned there about uh, pursuing putting it on her for 10 rounds, 10 yeah. two-minute rounds. It's it's really high-intensity, high-octane. Would you prefer the three-minute rounds to the twos? I would much prefer three-minute rounds. So when I'm training, I mainly do three-minute rounds uh-huh. because um, twos just go in, like, it's, they go so fast and it's a bit frustrating as well because you, you see you're hurting a girl and the, the two-minute just goes and if you had that extra minute, I feel like I can get girls out of there. You put them in more trouble. Seems like you get to the like, minute and thirty, you're putting putting your opponent in a bit of pressure and a bit of trouble. Then the bell goes, and I've got a minute to recover. And uh, the two just go too fast. It's a very fast, like high tempo pace. Whereas I'd rather a three minute round settle on a bit more of a like a more of a pro pace. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, you've been listed for the WBC's uh, Female Prospect of the Year revelation. That must be a great co- a confidence boost for you. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it's always, it's always good to be up for an award, and especially with a committee like the WBC, it's, it's, uh, it was really good. A final couple for you as well, Chantel. We do thank you for joining us. So you started out in kickboxing and you were tweeting out the other day about learning to grapple, maybe hitting the octagon. Is that uh, something we can expect to see happening in the future? Yeah, um, my friend Molly, you know, she's the UFC and stuff, and in Northampton they've got a very high high rated MMA school, and mm-hmm. uh, it's something I would be interested in. I think, why not? I've done everything, done kickboxing, I've done tie boxing, I've done boxing, why not have a go at MMA? Absolutely. Just don't know if I'll be any good at the grappling, that's the only thing. If I, if I had a few sessions in, I was like, oh, I'm why this, I'd definitely do it. The stand-up, I'd love the stand-up, because I'm... I know how to kick, I know how to knee, I know how to elbow. Just if someone wrestled with me, I'd probably end up tapping straight away. Yeah. Not knowing what to do. Uh, one of the guys is asking about your promotional deal, says you're with MTK, but is a TV deal something you want? Something maybe like BT is asking? Uh, yeah, obviously, being on TV is going to be better for me than getting, getting my name out there. At the moment, I've just been on MTK shows and stuff, which is great because you box uh, on ESPN, but so in America and on IFL TV but yeah so if I get promotional obviously that'll be a lot better for me in my career and better my profile as well and let people see my actual boxing a different audience uh-huh. so uh, hopefully something will come come about yeah I, uh, I see you retweeting The Secret a lot Jamie Moore's into that is that like a positive belief system how does that fit in with you yeah we always do The Secret so I have it as an audible is uh-huh. uh, it's like mindset it's really good so I do that quite a lot Excellent. Uh, finally then, Chantel, Wilder Fury 2 next weekend. Big rematch. Give us your prediction. Oh, so if Wilder lands another shot like he did last time, I think it's going to be knockout. I think he'll knock Fury out. But I'm hoping Fury will just outbox him again. Mm-hmm. And just 12 rounds, stay away from that big right hand and just and Fury by points. To oh. be fair, I don't think I can put, put any money down on it because... All it takes is one big shot from Wilder. But I do think if he lands another shot like last time, which I think he'll he'll get up again. Well said. It's going to be exciting. We're looking forward to it. At Chantel Cam over on Twitter. Exactly. Are you going to stay up for it or are you going to watch it next day? <laughs> next day. Next day. <laughs> like an early night. <laughs> Don't blame you. Right, uh, thanks for joining us, Chantel. Best of luck going forward. No, do appreciate bye. it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. Chantel Cam in there. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people are talking about Wilder Fury in those terms. If Wilder can land one, he'll get rid of him. If Fury can outbox him, then he's going to get the fight on points. Gabriel seemed to enjoy that one, Aussie as well. Wilder Fury, we'll be talking about that later on in the second hour. Who, who have we gone to? Who haven't we gone to? Ozzy, I cut you off in your prime there, cut you right down. You were talking about plant Garcia. You were maybe finishing up a little bit. If there's anything else you want to say about the weekend's action, speak now, sir. Um, with with plant, um, he did what was expected. Um, Vinny the doorman showed what he was, a doorman. Um, took a beat in. Uh, and I think for plant now, I think... He's had his, you know, his, his fights from where we can think, yeah, that's fine, yeah, that's fine. I think we need to see him looking at the next level of um, of opposition now. So someone like, you know, a potential Danny Jacobs, um, any um, any sort of unification, perhaps a uh, a fight with someone, you know, maybe like a John Ryder or something like that. I don't think we want to be seeing. I know was Fagan but some mandatory. Was this the IBF yeah. mandatory? Yeah, it yeah. was. Right, okay, yeah. So he was the IBF mandatory then. So it's going to be interesting to see where they look next. Um, I, I mean, I like Plant. I think there's lots to like about him. I mean, I saw quite a few posts, posts last night that were saying that they feel he's the best 168 in the world, which I think is a big statement to be making. I mean, look, we can't look at the... Uh, we can't look at the, you know... Fagan Butts, in my opinion, make those sort of claims because for me, I would say Fagan Butts is a limited European level opposition at best. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they maybe look to match him with someone like a, a Fedor Chudinov next. Um, I, I think that's a fight again that Plant could look good in um, and, and quite a possibility as well. Um, maybe a Caleb Truax, someone like that. Um, I think we can safely say that if Callum Smith and Billy Joe don't get the Canelo fight, they will be matched against each other. Um, I don't see Danny Jacobs getting the fight unless massive does put up, which in turn then completely minimises your level of um, you know level of opponents. So in reality, leaves a Benavidez fight, and then you're going down the list of your riders, Chudinovs, Lemieux. Um, again, don't really want to see that. So, yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting, but a, a solid performance from Plant. But moving forward now, I think for him himself and for everybody else, we want him to see go through the, go through the gears against the better opponents. Because I certainly think he's got the ability. Now it's just a case of proving it and himself locking in those big fights and proving to what some people think that he is the best number one six day in the world. And a bit of action from Japan over the weekend, Daigo Higa, and a bit of a, pic- a showreel knockout from uh, Shokamura. Yeah, uh, Diego Higa returning for the first time, is, I think it's like some like 20 months and that. He's up at Super Bantamweight now, obviously being banned the Japanese commission after he failed to make weight against uh, Christopher Rosales. And um, to be honest, I, th- I thought he looked every inch of that 22 months at the, at the line. Uh, Stevie Ellis, I'll let you go, mate. Stevie, you got him there, no? Do you want me to continue? Aye, so anyway, uh, Higa, I thought he looked, um, he looked, as I said, every inch of 22 months out the line. So, so, sorry, Steve, when you go, mate. Are you OK? Thanks, Andy. Just doing the business behind the scenes here. I've got our second guest of the evening on the call. Delighted to welcome Neil Marsh. How are you, Neil? Hey, mate, you OK? Nice, no. to, nice to be on. 
Excellent, it's good to have you on. We won't keep you for too long, Neil. Obviously, you know what we're going to talk about. I don't want to spend too long going over old ground because obviously you've spoken at length about uh, these issues on the other channels. We had Carl Greaves on at the time. But do you want to briefly go over the well-documented events of 2018 and the Josh Kelly, Adam Booth pullout? Yeah, I appreciate you said that. I, um, I did an exclusive yesterday where I said it was the final say, so I don't want to sound like a duck record, but mm. it was well documented, alleged that he was ill, we strongly, you know, we, we, we don't have that in any way, shape or form, it was all explained yesterday, um, Frank fell through on the day, we tried to uh, rearrange it, we felt that we was going, being given the run around, so we then went off to Spain and uh, won the European title, defended it, and... Did another defen- um, defense of it against El Rio on a zone show in Spain, and here we are again with the um, highly anticipated uh, rescheduled Josh Kelly fight, mate. So that's where we are. Everything you spoke about there obviously led into the eventful press conference. I would guess you didn't want to cause a scene, you didn't want to become the centre of attention, but it was important for you and for the guys to get Team Avanesian's point across. Yeah, well. well you know, I, I said it at the beginning yesterday, and I'd like to use this opportunity to say it again. We apologise to them fighters on the table. It isn't about Neil Marsh. It's not about Adam Booth. They, you know, I said, you know, I might sound like I'm repeating myself here, but what they go through in their careers in a tough, brutal sport, you know, I've got so much respect for them. And I didn't want to be centre of attention, not in any way, shape, or form. But you know, I just felt that you know we'd been lied to, lied to, and. You know, a lot of things have been said in the press and was trying to damage our reputations and different things. And, you know, instead of just keep chirping and chirping, I did a press release on the original pullout. And, you know, I just thought that this was the perfect opportunity to, to let, let the public know exactly what had gone on. So um, I was nervous doing it. And, you know, I'm not used to press conferences and my heart were beating as I was talking. Uh, probably forgot half of things I wanted to say as well. But, you know... By the look, there's been um, a huge warm welcome to exactly what got said. So, you know, it was centre of attention, mate, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And what about your relationship with Eddie Hearn now? Where's that at? No, you know, there won't be a problem with Eddie. Listen, you've dropped that one sort of on me. What people's perception is with Eddie? Listen, Eddie has been fantastic for British boxing. Look at look at the shows he's doing. Look at the platforms. A lot of kids are getting paid well. They're getting paid good money. Um, it's entertainment. It's show business. It's you know Eddie, Eddie was aware that putting me on that table would cause disruption and um, like problems and arguments and different things. You know that's, that's potentially why I was there. But you know, with, with regards Eddie, it's just it's just business. It's not it's nothing personal. It's it's just business, mate. It's mm. you know, he's he's been very busy this week. He's had shows in. He's he's had the Josh Warrington thing. He's had announcing Lewis Litton. Um Eddie Hearn's not bothered about what Neil Marsh says. He's past all that. He's bigger than that. He's you know Eddie's not bothered about little Neil Marsh and a few arguments from twelve months ago, mate. The facts with Eddie is I've worked well with Eddie on a, on quite a few fights. I you know. When the fight gets done, I work very due diligently. I work very hard. 
uh, for my fighter and doing the deal. But once that deal's done, I then work very hard for his team and for the promotional company, and I do my best for Eddie. So you know, I can't, I can't see there being a being a problem. There's a lot worse things being said in the past, and a lot more things will be said off other people about other fights and different things. So I don't know if you want to add to that or ask me anything. Well, what I was going to say to you, actually, Neil, just before we move on to the fight itself, I have seen it mentioned on social media. Some people have accused you of getting too personal with Adam Booth and saying it went too far. How would you respond to that? Um, I think that's potentially a minority. Um, against my best wishes, I always advise the fighters stay off social media. Um, but I've had a... Because I'm not used to all this type of stuff. I've had a proper, proper look down and... The company who we did an exclusive with, I think it was like nine, I, I, I did a quick mathematics, and it's like ninety five percent positive. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I think it was six hundred odd thumbs up and forty thumbs down. I, I've been inundated with positivity from many things. The, 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 but going to the question you said about personal with Adam Booth, you, you're possibly right. But I, I hold Adam Booth responsible. I don't own. Um, Josh Kelly responsible I think Josh has just done what Adam said um, so you know I'm not going to start attacking people who I think just being told what to do uh, you know it, I, I just like I hold Adam fully responsible so if I've you know if I've come across like I've took it personal with him I apologise to the, to the fans but I just spoke how I felt and naturally No we're in support of what you said and I know a lot of other people are I just felt I would put that to you you know for fairness yeah, yeah, you, you know, there, there is a personal element, but, you know, long after this, you know, I, I, Adam's been in the game a lot longer than me, um, I level than me, you know, I, I'm having some successes, some good successes, and no doubt our paths will cross again, um, where you treated me, I'll never like him, he'll always be personal, but, you know, I've just, personally, I've got to try and just like one of the reasons I accepted to come up to this show and he'll answer a bit of your question is to finally shut the door and take the personal side of me and Adam Booth out of it mm -hmm. and, let, and, let, and let the kids get the coverage and let the fans enjoy the build up of the fight without all the nonsense well said. Just to remind our listeners, we have Neil Marsh on the call at Neil Marsh Three over on Twitter. Let's uh, focus on the fight itself because it's an excellent fight. Uh, Kelly versus Avanessian. Is it too early? Do you think for Josh Kelly? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, you know, I made a comment on the uh, press conference that if I were managing Josh, I wouldn't take this fight. Um, David, David's a real banana skin. Um, you, you know, David's a former world champion scintillating form the comments were like no one really knew who he was or whatever and um, look, 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 look at how Kerman de dealt with Frankie Gavin and Bradley and not, nothing against Bradley and Frankie they've both been some great pros for the, for the UK fans over the years but D David did a did a real number on a guy who's bigger stronger I know Josh has got different attributes with his speed and elusiveness but you know, boxing's about levels, and I just, I just believe David's just that little bit ahead of Josh. That's nothing against Josh. For me, I'm, I'm glad we've got the Kelly fight now because I prefer it sooner than later. Adam is a good coach, one I don't like, well documented. Mm. Under Adam's guidance, he will get better and he will get better. And I just think it's all about time in boxing, and, and we're now at the right time. 
few of the guys are throwing in questions for you here, Neil. Uh, one of yes. the fellas said, uh, will David Avanessian take up his camp in Nottingham with Carl? He's, he's here. He's done. You might have seen things well documented on Twitter, um, him running in snow and doing all his pull-ups and rolling around with burrs and different things like the Russians do. Um, he's done a lot of his heavy work prior to coming to the UK, flown in on Thursday. Um, we did press conference. We always like him a, co- a nice couple of days um, in London. Um, nice with his friends and a welcome to UK. We know how to handle David. He likes being around his fans. He's actually arrived in Newark tonight mm. um, and, and the training camp commences tomorrow morning. One of the chaps is asking you as well, Neil, are you surprised it's not on pay-per-view as in a chief support to say White versus Povetkin? I'd be all over that one. Yeah, initially it was. Um, if the fight had got done, there was talks of Yusik and Chisora and it was chief support. That would have been fantastic. Um, for me, you, you know, and some promoters might not like this, I, I, I love the fans seeing free-to-wear boxing. Mm. Um, I really do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan's... Um, manager, boxing person I understand the need of pay-per-view I mean, you, you, to get the big fights you do need it, so I can see both sides so, you, you know, on one side would we all love to have been part of a pay-per-view fight uh, Usyk and Chisora, yeah that'd be outstanding, but on the other side you're topping the R2 in London potentially 20,000 people there's, there's a lot more pluses for, for topping the bill alone rather than being chief support Quick change attack as well. Tell us about Robbie Davis Jr. Gone up to 147. Any plans now bouncing back from the loose Ritson defeat? No, Robbie won't be going up to 147. Oh. He's going to be staying at 140. Um, he's due a comeback fight. There should be an announcement anytime soon. Um, obviously, he's changed trainers. Um, he's up at the Ingle Gym. He, we, he's going he's gonna to do a comeback fight, eight, ten rounds. And then we're going to look at someone who's, who's really in the mix. Who, who can who can get him back to where he was very quickly? We have our net, we have a, an idea of the type of opponent we want. We've got our eyes on a couple, but what's important is, is you know, I, I don't all, like overlook any opponent, any fight. Let's get this next announcement out the way, get him through the fight, and then we're going. We're, we're, we're hoping that Eddie delivers a nice big fight. One of the guys is asking if you'd take the Jack Catchall fight if it was offered to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I like Jack. I, you know, I've, I've had a few contacts with Jack over years, and Jack's a lovely kid. So I don't want to um, ever disrespect Jack at all in any way. I do fancy Robbie against most of the UK kids? Um, you know, he Robbie's very, very talented, and if he shows up, you know, he'd be an handful for anyone. If he was managing Jack at all, you, 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 you just. You know, he's mandatory for the WBO title. He's, he's on his own plan. He's on his own route. There's, there's no way we'll, we'll get anywhere near Jack Catterall. Hopefully, you know, down the line, you, you know, why, why couldn't it be a world title fight? You know, and I wish Jack Catterall all the best while it's being asked as well. Well said. Uh, final couple of questions, Neil, and we do thank you for taking the time to talk to us this evening. Uh, Anytime, Ed, Anybody from your stable to keep an eye on? Any big fights coming up uh, soon? Yeah, um... You know, I think there's an announcement because I've been I've been ill the last couple of days. There's an announcement due over Zach Parker. Um, I do really, really rate Zach. He's he's had to play the patient game. Um, we've been sat there waiting. He's number two in the WBO. Um, sometimes boxing, you know, you have to wait, and and Zach's been very patient, and you know. 
there's, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure of the announcement. It's due any minute, so I can't say too much if it's not already been. Like I say, I, I got uh, wrapped up in London and I've, I've been ill in bed for like with food poisoning and that. So, excuse me if, if if I'm being a bit premature with what I'm saying. No, we're glad you're back. Uh, next week, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, big rematch. Who you got, Neil? Oh, do you know what? I'm going to say something which people might not like me for. I re- but I've got to, you've asked me a question, I'll always speak the truth. Yeah. I really, really, I, I absolutely love Tyson Fury, battling his demons, to what he done, to, you know, like, you talk about politics and fights outside the ring, and remember the form and the Klitschko fight, and the, you, you know, listen, I love Tyson Fury, I just think that Deontay's punch might just be the game changer. I hope it's wrong, I really do. There's nothing better than Tyson Fury winning and then maybe going after the likes of Anthony Joshua and that. But I, I, if, if, you, if Tyson can do enough to win the fight, but I, I, I don't know how any heavyweight can stay out of the way of Deontay Wilder's punch. And we all seen him get up off the canvas and unbelievable how he did it. But I, I just think Deontay might just get to him with a big punch. I just hope not. I really, really, I really want to stipulate that. I really, really want. Tyson Fury win but I think Deontay might catch him and, and you know I hope not but there's my prediction Absolutely it could indeed happen a lot of support for you here in the chat everyone is uh, pleased to hear you speaking with such candid honesty Neil so we do appreciate that Yeah you, you, you know that you might not make tons of friends but you, you make the right people support you don't you by always being uh, honest and truthful so you know that's that's the way I just try to well I, I naturally conduct myself honestly so for those who, who's complimenting it thank you at Neil Marsh 3 over on Twitter everybody absolute pleasure we look forward to the Kelly Avenissian fight Neil all the best can I say one last thing you certainly can because it's very important for me this um I do wish Josh Kelly all the best. Mm. I wish every fighter all the best. I said it on the press conference, even if you're a 2 and 50 fighter, um, you know, what he's achieved as an amateur is, is fantastic. What he's doing as a pro is, is great. Um, and I do wish him all the best. So good luck, good luck to Josh Kelly. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing him on, on the fight week. Well said, Neil. Thanks again for joining us. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. All the best. Bye-bye, Neil. Bye-bye. Thanks, thanks for the coverage. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Neil Marsh there, sticking it to the man. Good stuff from Neil. We like someone who talks honestly. While I gather myself together, Ozzy, do you want to quickly jump in and say anything about, uh, comment on anything that Neil mentioned there? First of all, Zach Parker, yeah, I didn't want to obviously put him on the spot, but you saw the same as me. It's the Aussie, isn't it, Rowan Murdoch? He's fighting. Yes, yeah. Um, not a world title eliminator. Uh, I think that it was originally billed as. It is one against two. Uh, in the WBO rankings, and it's for one of their ranking belts. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things about Zach Parker. Um, heard a lot of good things. He obviously had that. I think he had that controversial win over was it Daryl Williams up in Scotland from where he had that arm injury. And, and yeah. to be honest, yep. he, he lost mm-hmm. the fight. He lost the fight. Um, I, I think. I think everyone will say he lost the fight, and he was the beneficiary. Title. Yes, it was. Yeah, and. He was the beneficiary of some pretty horrendous judging, to be honest. One of the worst was um, one of the worst set of cards I've seen. Actually, I remember talking about it on this podcast. But he's bounced back, uh, and as Neil said, he, he's had it tough. He's not it easy. 
he's ma- he's looked after by the Sourlands. Uh, I think he's struggled with injury, and I've got to admit, I don't understand. You know, I, I don't really think the Sourlands offer much now, to be honest. Um, they're not really the shows they do are obviously over in essentially in Germany, uh, Sweden, Norway, uh, places like that. Don't really do uh, UK shows now, and when they do, it's just a case of show-owning fighters either on the World Boxing Super Series cards or matchroom cards as well. But he has a good opportunity here uh, if he can beat Ron Murdoch. I don't know much about Murdoch to be honest. Um, it obviously propels him certainly into a position of eliminator. Um, but uh, going on what Neil was saying about the rest of the conversation uh, I've got a lot of time for people who speak openly and honestly it would have been easy for Neil March to use the platform and and bow down uh, because you know he's got an opportunity to be on you know part of a big fight Uh, but he wasn't swayed and wasn't deterred you know about the previous events and he essentially stuck it to you know the home fighter in Kelly Booth um, even added uh, Eddie Hearn as well and I have a lot of time for that because all too often we hear about corruption in boxing, fighters being shafted, etc., things like that. But we never see any real all. evidence of it. Well, evidence was shown during the press conference. Um, he, he pulled out emails, uh, he showed them off, verified everything. And quite frankly, Booth and Kelly were caught with the pants down because in, in reality what and happened... Is, yeah, they, they were truly shafted, uh, Team Avanesian. Uh, they didn't even get, you know, like a tick over fight where they pulled in, you know, just some waste of space, you know, foreigner who uh, at least Abinession would have got some pocket money for Christmas. That never happened. I think they got their expenses paid. Um, and even then, when it came to rescheduling the fight, that took an age uh, and they had to go elsewhere. And all too often, we, you know, we've seen, you know, like, what an opportunity that would have been for Abinession at the time. And he, you've got to remember, he was going into that fight as an underdog. Um, I, I know I'm, myself was one and quite a few others were tipping him up to beat Josh Kelly. Hindsight's a great thing, but in return, it's probably a bigger fight than it is now. You've got a European title on the line. Avanesian's got two good wins over the Spaniard uh, Leharia. Kelly has been not so impressive in his two performances, particularly the last one. And then there's an argument he got beat off Ray Robinson. I think it's certainly a bigger fight now, and I think it's one from where Avanesian can make a real dent in the um, in the Josh Kelly, you know, career. And I, I think he'll absolutely destroy him. I don't see Kelly being able to keep Avanesian off him. I thought he struggled with the pressure of uh, Ray Robinson, and I think Avanesian's better than him. I think he's in the form of his life. He's confident, and I think he'll have a bit more niggle about him now because of what's happened last time, and you've got a fighter coming over. He's not flying in from Russia, you know, a week out, a few days out. He's here now in the UK. He's fit, he's strong, he's in great shape already. And I think this is probably, it sounds stupid, but it's probably one of the biggest fights of Amanesian's career. You know, with, you know, the whole thing around it. I mean, he's boxed for a world title and things like that, and obviously that's at the pinnacle but after that, you know, in terms of the back, the story behind it, um, the platform, and obviously one of Matchroom's biggest prospects, I think it's a huge fight ever for Avanesian. They're mad keen for it. They were mad keen for it 12 months ago. In my opinion, Josh Kelly's certainly not got any better. I mean, people buzz off him because he throws, you know, like 15 uppercuts or left hooks in a row. But it's easy when no one's hitting your back. 
Avanesian's going to be in his face. He's going to be hitting him back. He's going to be hitting him hard. And I see him. I, I see him getting Josh Kelly out of there. And I think it's going to be a beatdown. Um, I don't think it'll be a, you know a one, but I think it's going to be a brutal beatdown. And Booth's going to have to throw the towel in. And uh, and Team Avanesian will march on to, to bigger and better things. And I think that'll be um, it'll be the you know the. Well, the cherry on the cake, essentially, because they, they've waited a long time. They've bided the time. I thought they conducted themselves really well at the press conference, in my opinion, because I think it's important to get the point across. They did that, and now all eyes are on the fight, and it's one that I'm really looking forward to. I feel asleep. Yep, we're looking forward to that one. Jason Chukwu has woken up, everybody. Jason Chukwu is in the chat. Good evening to Fellas him. Fell asleep. asleep, yeah, played it. Played it, played it, guys. Uh, coming to Adam Smith shortly. He's with us, Adam. Also, Andy hasn't finished his Japanese stuff. Haven't forgotten about you, Andy. Quick bit of housekeeping before we do so. Show next Friday evening in Florida. The interesting point to this one, it's on. It's all star boxing on USA Telemundo. Robezi Ramirez is on this card. He's one win, one loss. Yeah, Big Cuban. prospect for top rank. I'm wondering, though, the interesting thing about this is... Um, is has Bob got rid of him, or is he just farming him out to these local promotions to try and get him up to four and one, five and one, six and one against guys like this Rafael Morales to try and get him a couple of wins on the record, or has he washed his hands? That's the interesting question. Comment on that, Andy, before you go in on Japan. Actually, um, what card is he fighting on, mate? That's what I'm saying. It's on an all-star boxing card in USA Telemundo, televised Florida next Friday evening. I'm assuming, you know the way these big promoters, they farm yeah. them out locally, don't they? Um, I'm, I'm assuming that's what's happening and Bob hasn't washed his hands of him, but it's interesting he's turning up on a non-top rank card. Um, as you say, well, most Cubans are, you know, if well, doing in Miami and that, but in the days, even Cuban boxing isn't really that well supported in that neck of the woods. It's probably just trying to kind of get him out in the boot, but... Top few wins on the card, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, but top ranks usually got a few cards on the go anyway over the course of the year and stuff. So you know, Bob was talking about ten. Oh, I forget is it ten, twenty cards he's got to televise this year, so he's easily stick them on any That's card. That's what he I was wants. wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, mate. Yeah, it was a shocker actually. He was, he was, he was dog shit in his in his pro debut. I can't remember much about his second fight, but I do remember his his first his first fight. I think he got knocked down pretty early in the fight as well. Yeah, uh, Carlos Castro as well, 24-0, going in on Iron Boy Promotions. He's one to watch this Carlos Castro, super bantamweight, undefeated in 24, going in against Jesus Ruiz, so a bit of a step up in levels. Uh, Smido, welcome to you, good to have you with us. Next Friday evening in Barnsley, Josh Whale, I Carumba, Smido, he's going in against Idi Kayumba. You'll be all over that, won't you? Big fan of Josh Whale, um, he's got, it's going to be a big year for Josh, undefeated. Doing bits. Since, um... Since going over to Dennis Hobson, you know, fighting at the right weight now. and Go to Island Bones! So, yeah. What about Cash Ali? Are you on? To everyone. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. First, first appearance of the year, you know, there must be a big fight on the horizon if the big dog from Wigan is on. The big dog from Smido. We'll get you on shortly, Smido. Uh, before we do so, Andy, just finish off your Japanese stuff because I cut you off in your prime there, I think. No, I mean, I was making a credit myself because you said you got him on the line and then I was like, where are you, Steve? You never spoke. And I started speaking again and you confirmed he was on the line. But it was good stuff to get interrupted for, actually, to be honest with you. Um, you know, fair play to Neil Marsh, you know, I suppose, as he says, or what he said was, you know, get up there in front of, kind of all these powerful people and that, try and make your point across in a kind of elegant way and no try and get too overexcited and stuff. It does take a, take a wee bit of effort, so fair play to him for getting his point across and... 
Yeah, I agree with what you said in that as well. Ninety-five percent, maybe even ninety-eight percent of people actually believed the, everything he said in that as well. He could he could back it up. But as for the Japanese scene, um, just to let everybody know, obviously you know Daigo Higa was you know tipped for the top about three years ago, a flyweight titleist and that as well. But he got iced off Christopher Rosales. Um, struggled with the weight. Went up two weight divisions. I thought it did look like Luster okay whenever he went around against Jason uh, Bunibara, but. Um, he got the stoppage in the six and stuff, but he made some kind of comments after the fight and that as well, saying he doesn't really feel motivated, his heart's not in it, and definitely more one eye in the future. So, mm, off those comments alone, I think Higa's going to be looking at either retirement or if he does continue fighting, it's just going to end in one way, and that's he's going to get iced. Um, he's put super ban on weight now, so he's, he's looking f- he's, he's looking healthy at the weight, I must admit, but um, the way he's talking, that's a guy who sounds like he's semi retired. Um, the Philippines uh, Shokimura who people will probably remember him having that great fight with Kosuke Tanaka um, he beat ex-titleist uh, Melito Sabilo the, the only thing I'm, the only reason I'm mentioning this fight is because uh, for me Shokimura actually well, you've seen it as well Steve potential knockout of the year candidate would you say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically corkscrew the guy right into the ground so uh, go and watch it people it's, it, is on, it is on YouTube uh, Shokimura against Melito Sabilo uh, second round knockout for uh, Kimura as, as I say it's okay it's only February but definitely a contender for knockout of the year so that's a kind of brief rundown okay I've never seen the rest of the cards uh, the rest of the cards and stuff like that but um, those were the two kind of fights that kind of stuck out over the course of the, you know, the week between the coronavirus and Asia you know yeah, a bit of Kung Flu on a Sunday evening. Episode 360, Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. Andy's with us, Gabe, Rob, Smido, Ozzy. Let's do, let's tidy up a few questions from the people before we go on to this Fury World. And then first one in for you, Smido. Let's get you warmed up. I know you're a bit of a casual these days, but you're probably looking forward, like me, like Connor Brennan, to this fight between Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce. Everyone seems to believe, says Connor, that Daniel Dubois will go through Joe Joyce, but although he has only had 10 fights, would it be fair to say that Joyce has the better resume and maybe should be favourite? Also, Smido, due to Joyce's massive size, huge work rate and fitness, plus using his absolute adamantium chin could he be considered a giant Tony Margarito in terms of style it goes on one last question of the three main guys who would Joyce cause the most problems for Joshua Wilder and Fury I think what Connor's saying here is he's going to beat Dubois he's going to cause problems what do you think about Joyce Dubois Smido well I'm glad you t- I'm glad you teed it up mentioning that I'm a casual because that's bang on um, no I think that um, I think that Dubois will, will go through him to be honest but He's not going to be as easy as, as, as obviously he's been doing it against others. Um, I think it might take a, a few rounds. And that's going to be interesting to see Dubois um, not having it all his own way and, and go and, you know going more rounds than, than usual. Um, you can definitely see why his favourite, though, Dubois. has been absolutely railroading through everyone. He's younger, quicker, you know. So, um, so that's, uh, you know, we can see why he's favourite there. He's one to three-ish with the bookies, Dubois. So... Um, whoever sent the question in can get about five to two on on Joyce. So if you think if fancies him to win, then fair play. Um, it's a fight that that must be happening for me because you know Joyce isn't the youngest. He turned over quite late. Um, I know they was going down the European title route that got um, Kai Bosch for whatever reason. They're under the same TV company, so it makes all sorts of sense to make it. Um, and I just think you know we can say what we want about Frank, but he has still got it in terms of matchmaking a young a young prospect and. There's an argument to be made, even before last week's news with Warrington, that Dubois is the most valuable possession that Frank's got now and has had for a while in terms of his age and is in the glamour division as well. 
Um, so Frank won't be making this if, if they didn't fancy the fight. And he is still young, Dubois. I mean, what is he, 23? If, if, if not, 22? I don't think he's um, even old. Is he 21, is he, maybe? I don't, I don't think he's... He's, could be he's young. He's, yeah. So, so he's, a, he's, an abs- he's a massive, massive asset for Frank um, going forward. Um, so, yeah, he's got a right, he's got a right chance. Um, I would pick Dubois, but I've not seen, I've not seen um, too much of either of them, as you can probably guess. And um, in terms of the resumes... Yeah, I probably would agree with um, Joyce having a better resume because he's older, because he's had to go in, uh, you know, he's, he's had less time to mess about, as it were. Um, and Dubois, having um, had not all that many amateur fights, um, you know, he's needed to be better, uh, built. So, yeah, probably the better resume, yes. But what do I fancy Joyce to win, though? Stick with us, Smido. Looking for some Wilder Fury 2 odds from you coming up later on, our resident betting expert. Talking to Glamour Divisions, rapping Rob Kelly. A glamour fights, glamour fighters. Lee Selby question coming in for you. It's got your name all over it, Rob. Question for the pod from Chris Blackman over on Twitter. Lee Selby is getting I can't close hear you with to... the wind. Lee, <laughs> Lee Selby. <laughs> I'll, I'll text it to you if you want. You ain't getting away from this. Lee Selby is close to getting a shot at Lomachenko or Teofimo Lopez. Does he put up a decent fight or get schooled? I will add a caveat to that, Rapping Rob Kelly. I'm not sure that Lee Selby will even get past George Cambosos Jr., who he's fighting in an eliminator. Now, I've interviewed Cambosos, might be personally biased, but if he gets past him, goes in with Lomachenko, goes in with Teofimo Lopez, does he put up a decent fight or get schooled? That's the question. Oh, I think he gets schooled at this stage, but certainly by Lomachenko. He can't, he can't hang with Lomachenko for fuck's sake. Not a, not a, not a prayer. And that's no disrespect to Lee Selby. I think he has a lovely loose style. Actually, has a style I like watching. Although people don't really get excited about him, I think he's a very technically good fighter. Uh, but I think the power with Teofimo Lopez is real, real enough to be a threat to Lomachenko early. In fact. Uh, and I think Loma just has a field day with him. Absolutely schools and boxes the ears off him and stops him. But that's not a slight on Lee Selby. It's Lomachenko we're talking about. And I uh, believe the hype is real about around Lopez as well. So um, I couldn't see him troubling them too. No trouble, says rapping Rob Kelly. Uh, Gabe, let's bring you in. Uh, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, full undercard. Let's read out a few of the fights that are on it and see. You can tell me what's the pick of the undercard, Gabe, basically. So Gabe Flores, junior, your namesake, is going in against Matt Conway. Isaac Lowe has managed to find a little hole for himself against Alberto Guevara. Amir Imam returns against Javier Molina. Uh, Subriel Matias, looking quite the specimen, goes in against Petros Ananyan, Gabe. Sebastian Fundora, the terror in Inferno, goes in against Daniel Lewis. And Emmanuel Navarrete, they've wheeled him out again, takes on... J.O. Santissima, easy for me to say. And the pick of the undercard, Charles Martin against Gerald Washington. Is it a good undercard, Gabe? Is it a shit undercard? Which fight are you looking forward to most? Um, I mean, overall, I don't think the, the card is one of the worst ones ever. I definitely think it's kind of what we should come to expect whenever we have cross-promoter uh, rivalries or cross-network cross uh, promotions. Um, and I think that part of the reason that you see that is I feel like the promoters see their, their fan bases as maybe not being tuned into by fans of Fury. So what I'm saying is Fury fans, they stick to ESPN. So we want to get the PBC guys a little bit, uh, bigger platform. So they tend to put their guys in these, um, in these fights that maybe aren't necessarily, the best and maybe sometimes show showcase fights 
which doesn't really do a lot of favors for the undercard. Um, <clears throat> but I, I'll go with uh, uh, Neverede. Um, I feel like he's decent watch. He's never really in a terrible show. So I'll definitely be watching that one. I think it's not – I don't know much about his opponent at all. So there's not much I can give you in terms of what to maybe expect there. Um, but Neverete is, is usually pretty good. Uh, the Towering Inferno, Sebastian Fundora. I, I really uh, – the guy's just a freak of nature. So typically I usually enjoy watching him just because of the fucking spectacle of a 10-foot tall uh, – <laughs> Uh, 154-pounder, you know. I mean, He's like a washing about- line, isn't he, Gabe? You imagine, like, hanging your knickers off his ears or something? I, he's so tall, and, he, and he's, like, just rail thin. And, you know, I don't know how he takes a punch. His neck looks really long, and just, like, there's not much meat on him at all to speak of. And so seeing him fight is kind of an oddity. Um, so I really, you know, and he's fun to watch. He's an action kind of guy. He's a guy that has that, that height and that range, but he's kind of like uh, Paul Williams was in that he doesn't necessarily stick to the outside. He, he A lot of times he, he tries to get inside and make a fight of it. So typically he's fun to watch. Um, Alberto Guevara, he, he's a guy that most of us have probably seen before, even if you don't realize it. Um, his time is up. It's been up for a while, but you never count that dog out. Um, I'm not even sure. I, there's no telling if that one will actually even be on the card. I mean, maybe under, under, or preview, like on the free Fox or free SPN or some bullshit like that. Uh, Gabriel Flores is a uh, guy coming up, so that could be worth watching. Really, all of it's kind of hit or miss to me. I mean, I'll watch just to see because of the place where the, the a lot of these fighters are. They're on the come up. So it's all right, should... isn't it, the undercard? It's all right. It's, it's, it's not making you hard, though, is it, Gabe? I mean, it's not getting you up for it, like... No, not really. No, not really at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a case of whiskey dick. I can get a whiskey dick, by the way, but it goes rock solid. <laughs> is that how it goes? Yeah, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. You know, it can go either it's way. It's fire water, baby. It's fire water. <laughs> back, back on track, Gabe. Come on, get your mind out the gutter. Hey, you, hey you're the one that started that one. Um... No, that's really all I've got on turns that it, one. Turns it into a proper 12, Andy, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that nah, 12 make it, make it limp, you know? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> so, sorry, uh, Gabe, that was my fault. I took no, you off track there. Okay. I, I don't have much much else to add to it. I mean, I think we're all ready for the, ready for the main event here. Um yeah, I'm not sure. I'll just go ahead and give my input, and then the rest of the game can go ahead. Uh, but but I'm really looking forward to it. So, you know, prior to the last fight, I was really getting excited the, a couple weeks ahead of time. And so I've tried to kind of keep my keep my excitement to a minimum because I just really want to see this fight. I'm really interested in it. And I think that a lot of people feel the same way. And it's the classic boxing tale. Can, can a boxer avoid the big power punch for – 12 rounds and take the title. I mean, this, this story, we've seen it a million times uh, with different guys, different weights, all the way through the weight classes. And it never failed to me to be intriguing because it can go either way. It really can. 
Um, so here's what I'm predicting that we that we could see in this fight. I think Wilder is going to have worked on his left hand, not in terms of a jab, but in terms of bringing a left hook that can that he can utilize to throw Fury off. If he can bring a left hook and and become a two-handed fighter, which I believe that he probably has worked on, then I think he can give Fury fits and possibly end it. Um, with Fury keying on the right hand and knowing that that's the big power shot, I don't think he can get the job done unless he's trained to bring the left hand. If he can and make it a viable weapon in the fight, then he can take Fury's attention for a split second with a, a left hook, come with a straight right or a jab, uh, and then set up with the right hand, the left hook. Uh, there's any number of ways that he could do it, but I think if Wilder brings a left hand, I think he's going to win the fight. If he doesn't, I think it's going to look similar to the last fight. It's going to be 12 rounds of fury, dominating, head movement, uh, footwork, and possibly even trying to move forward and see if he can't put some mustard on some punches and get uh, Wilder out. No messing about from Gabe, teeing us up straight into the big fight there. He's made his prediction. We'll, uh, we'll do a little round robin at the end and get everybody's bare, raw predictions. But first of all, we'll drop in a bit of analysis. Gabe's had his say. Hey to Dave Lowback, coming to you shortly. You've jumped on the call. Before we do so, there was something else I was going to say. Forgotten about it now. Forget about it. Probably wasn't important. Yes, that's exactly, exactly what it was. Saul Farah, Marcus Bellinger uh, tweeted me in during the week. Tim Boxio yes. tweeted out, I just received an update from the king, the goat, Bolivian heavyweight Saul Farah. His Bolivian heavyweight title defence last weekend was unfortunately postponed. Hopefully we'll see Farah back in the ring soon. I'll be keeping a close eye, says Tim. War Farah. So unfortunately that fight did not go ahead. I'm assuming oh. Tababare, Cesar Mamani, all the boys did not get a chance to have a fight, unfortunately. Well, so, Saul, so, yeah, there you go. Well, I don't know, Andy. Yeah, not, not sure. Just, not sure. The Storm Dennis pay a visit before it came here. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it did. Saul so, Farrah probably tried to referee his own fight or something like that whilst he was... Uh, yeah, try to promote it at the same time. Yeah, promote, matchmake, referee, and it, it just became too much for the big man. So He gave himself the Jack Reese count. He said, walk over there. And he came back to himself. Carried on. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, such terrible comments about Saul so, so Farah. Let's get back onto Fury Wilder then, Smido. I do have a question for you, Smid. But before we do so, do you want to give us a quick rundown on these betting odds? Uh, where where does the smart Smido money go on this fight? Well, there is <laughs> there is no smart Smido money nowadays, and now we've got wife and child. Um, but it's um, yeah, it's a, a coin flip. Absolute coin flip, the definition of a 50-50 genuinely in terms of betting. You can get even money the Wilder, even money the Fury, so it is a, a genuine coin toss um, in, in, the, in terms of the, the betting, um, as you would expect, the method of victory and um, betting would favour um, Wilder KO, um, which is about um, 11 to 8 and has shortened a little bit in recent days, or the Fury decision, which is 13 to 8, so just a little bit bigger. Um, Gabe mentioned the uh, KO for Fury there, um, um, and that's that's a, a, obviously a bigger price um, at five to one. If you, fan if you fancy that one, 
Um, I wouldn't put you off that, to be honest. Um, from um, from a betting perspective, five to one, the Fury KO, um, Wilder on points, which wouldn't be completely out of the question given what we've seen last time with the cards, is is an even bigger price at eleven to one, and the draws twenty five to one. There's a whole host of specials, um, round betting as normal. Um, Fury was on Talksport last Thursday, I think it was, saying that he was going to knock him out in round two, which I thought was absolutely obscene. Um, and the price of that is a massive eighty to one, eight zero. So that's if you want to listen to Tyson Fury, but as we know, he doesn't always tell the truth. Um, in terms of the fight, I mean, I think. Well, hang on, Smido. Hang on one second, one second, because what you said there right. leads me perfectly into a question that I have stored up. In my back pocket for you from Gazapalooza. He says, controversial in the mental health spotlight, but few of his interviews are sending me under. He's so negative, his tone is bland, he has no enthusiasm. What does he do if he gets knocked out? Sounds like he's struggling. And Dave Butter jumped in and says, probably feels the questions are repetitive and dull as fuck. Bit like my question, Smido, what do you think about that? Um, I don't know, I mean, we know, we know Fury is a character, um, and I thought he was... He was you know, I've not seen too much of the build-up so far. I'm hoping to to really get into the build-up this week. But you know, um, on his talk sport interview the other day, he was the, it was the same Tyson Fury that's, that that we um, that we've come to to know and some of us love. Um, you know, I, I know mental health was was mentioned there. We don't want to get too much into it, but I think the complete thing's a myth. I've said that I've said that before on on this podcast. It could be deemed as controversial. Um, I think it beautifully coincided with. With um with a, with how long a usual UCAD drugs ban takes, i.e. twenty four months. Um, but I don't want to get don't want to get too too deep into that. Um, but yeah, I think first things first in regards to the fight, we just need to remember how much of a big fight this is. I think it's an absolutely massive fight. Whether you believe in the whole lineal champion stuff or not, um, Fury is the man that beat the man, and he's yet to be beat since that November day in I think it was twenty fifteen. And Wilder's the you know the WBC champion who's been knocking people out left, right, and centre. It's an absolutely massive fight. Forget the uh, the location uh, or the ticket sales or pay per view sales. It's massive. And if don't take any notice of what Edward might want to tell you. Um, and another thing that I've said many times on this podcast um, in regards to um, the argument over who's the best heavyweight in the world. Um, Fascar has been saying for years that that you know he's been saying like it's almost fact that it's Joshua. There's absolutely no way. There's no one walking this planet that can claim to be the best heavyweight in the world with legitimacy. Well, after this weekend, barring barring another draw, there is going to be a top dog in this heavyweight division for absolute sure. There's no doubt about it. Whoever wins, whoever wins this fight is the is the top dog in the division. So, to the fight, what do I think is going to happen? So, I think basically, I think it will be um, a, a Deontay Wilder knockout. Um, that's that's that would be my prediction. I know it's obviously not going to um, win any awards for originality, originality there, but um, I have got a concern with that though. And when when I think about it, I think is that the best idea? I said after the um, Ortiz fight, the the most recent Ortiz fight, Wilder fought like a man that 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 um, was too far too reliant on the right hand. Now we know it landed after seven or eight rounds, and the results were spectacular. But before that, he was comfortably losing that fight. Um, so, 
I don't want him to do that again. I don't want him to fight like a, like a man that is solely relying on that and believes in it a hundred percent that it will land in thirty six minutes. If there's anyone in the if there's anyone in the division that can ensure that that does not happen as an opponent in thirty six minutes, it is Tyson Fury. He's going to go in. He's going to piss about. He's going to be try and be elusive and and fluid and on the back foot and pitter patter, which we've seen from him before. If there's anyone that can do it, Tyson Fury is the man. Do I think he can avoid the right hand for 36 minutes? No, he did it for approximately whatever it was last time, 27 or 28 minutes last time until we got knocked down in the night. Um, you know, but there's the arguments that Fury last time was, you know, on, on the back of um, two-year, three-year layoff, fights two tomato cans and goes in with, with Wilder. He should be better this time. I don't necessarily believe that. I think he's been pissing about in the WWF, earning a load of money. He's been pissing about with his trainer, his um, tra- change trainer again. Um, so there's, I don't necessarily think Fury is going to be better this time. Um, and there's an argument to be made that Wilder possibly, possibly will be. He's more, um, he's fought better opposition in the interim. Of course, Fury hasn't looked brilliant in the interim. He got that cut against one of the one of the unknown names last uh, last year. So I think there's there's definitely an argument that Wilder has improved. Um, but has he come over reliant upon that detonator that is on his right hand? I hope not. Um, as Gabe said, I think uh, Wilder needs to be jabbing more. He needs to be busier. Um, and I think that if he is busier um, and he is trying to set Fury up um, rather than just waiting for the waiting for the opening, he needs to create the opening. I think he will. And I think Wilder will win by knockout. There you go, Smith. was spoken. He needs to be busier, like Kevin Busier. Uh, hey <laughs> to Dave. You're on the call with us. Welcome, Dave. How are you sounding? Feeling good? Feeling pumped? Feeling good. Feeling good indeed. Question coming for you, Dave, and you alone from D-Dog over on patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. He says, Dave, I think Fury needs to do something different to win this time. Not just jab and move, because Wilder will catch him at some point. He needs to maybe try and hurt Wilder on the inside, do something to earn his respect. What do you think, uh, Dave? He, I think he, he should do that. I think he should uh, try and put a stamp on Wilder earlier. I think he did shake up Wilder after being dropped in the very twelfth, the very last seconds of the first fight. Uh, this fight, I mean, it's great. The first one delivered beyond expectations. And uh, just knowing that this three match, uh, it, it's really impossible to live up to that first dramatic clash. So... Um, I'm expecting it to be not as good um, and probably more definitive. Um, as for who it's definitive for, I'm not sure yet. I, I, to the to the question again, um, I think he could also do something different in holding more if the ref lets him get away with it. So holding, holding and muscling around and, and working on the inside, yes, but not necessarily clean work, but, uh, you know, kind of dirty stuff, Bernard Hopkins, Vlad stuff. I don't necessarily want to see this, obviously. Let's lets it be clean, makes it clean. But um, I, I think that's definitely a strategy Fury could employ more of. Lay on Wilder. Um, Wilder is a kind of a crazy man, though. Um, if if Fury comes out to, to hurt him, I don't think necessarily one punch and Wilder's hurt. I don't think that's going to deter him. He's going to come back into it. He's going to he's going to like you know he's going to uh, land his. He's going to try and land that big shot, just like he's done in other fights in which he's been hurt. Um, Wilder's not really easily deterred, and he's got a pretty good chin. So 
it's it's not going to be as easy as just getting his respect early. Um, I I think he should look to stop Wilder in the, in the middle rounds because I think his gas tank went on him a little bit late in the fight. He got sloppier and he got touched. Uh, if he'd thrown more in the earlier rounds, sure, maybe he would have opened himself up to getting caught by Wilder. But in the first fight, he was in. He, he looked like he was in such control and couldn't be touched. Now, if he'd shown some of that offense, then um, when Wilder couldn't do anything, maybe he could have worn him down. Maybe he could have hurt him earlier and and, and got him out of there. Um, I, I I actually think that um, Fury, uh, he was his trainer. Now it's it's the Crunk guy, right? Sugar Hill, some. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so I don't. I don't think his style is really going to change. I, th- I think he should probably look to be more aggressive. I remember um, after the first fight, also Freddie Roach said he was disappointed in Ben Davidson not being aggressive enough because he saw opportunities where Tyson could have, you know, capitalized and moved forward. And yeah, but Ro- Roach would say that, wouldn't he? He, he always shits on everybody else. <laughs> well, I. I, I... Like as as good as Ben Davidson did with that that fight, I, I kind of agreed with Roach. I thought that Fury could have been uh, more aggressive and and won definitively and and not got himself into trouble late on. Um, but what do I know? I'm just the the official voice of American boxing. Um, Eddie Hearn. Sorry, but I've actually he's... taken that I've actually taken that title off you in your absence. I hate to break it to you now, but G- Gabe's been installed. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Crying like a little, like a little bitch. bitch. I'm disappointed, Dave. You've come on drunk tonight as well. This is unprofessional from you. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just tired, not drunk. I wish I was drunk. I still have some editing to do. Shut um, your own Xanax, you cunt. Uh, <laughs> no, that's the other Xanax, Dave. Dave. <laughs> like <Yeah>. Little Wayne. <laughs> uh, Babe! Maybe I'll drink some uh, lemon brewski. Or Muhammad Ale <laughs> E. Or, uh... Could you imagine him on Magic uh, Mushrooms? <laughs> oh, Big baby Miller Lite. We haven't got to that segment yet. Come on, Dave, make your prediction. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I'm going to go with... Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm going to go with Fury. I'm going to say he stops Wilder um, in the two-thirds. That's if things go as... They, if if I was the game planner, that's what would happen. So he should hire me. But if he loses, then it's clear that Sugar Hill's just not as good. There you go. Imagine imagine spending a day in Dave's head. What a glorious place that would be. Right, who are we on to next? Um, Andy, let's go to you, shall we? Question from Toby Hines. He's echoing my thoughts, actually. This is how I think the fight will go. He says, I'm interested to hear the guys' predictions on Wilder versus Fury. Toby says, I am going with Wilder. Think he took Fury lightly the first time due to the Fury issues and oddly tried to box with Fury. This time, I think he is more aggressive and goes Banzai when he, when or if he hurts Tyson and finishes him off. I actually think it will go similar route. Andy, what do you think? I've been going back and forth, uh, forward on it, actually. Um, for weeks, I was thinking Tyson would do it. And then as some of the guys have mentioned uh, the change in camp. Rob's obviously mentioned as well in the past about, you know, has he taken too much weight off over a, a period of time? Is a leg still there? Um, will he fight more aggressively? Because I, I think, you know, like the first fight, if he elects to box how he did, so you know, I, I had him pissed in the first fight easily, um, even with the knockdowns. And you get people, you know, mostly Americans, uh, saying that you know it was a close fight, 
and uh, you know Wilder you know, possibly was uh, unlucky to win it. I don't see it like that, but if he goes to America again and he has that same issue, then he needs to be more aggressive, Tyson Fury. Um, that said, I think the last thing he'd want to do is be over-aggressive with a guy like Wilder because I've said it before, you know, that guy is as dangerous in the fucking first minute than he is in the 36th minute. You saw it in the, in the first fight. You know, he could have easily got frustrated. He didn't. He hung in there and he landed the... Well, he, he landed his shot and he almost kind of pulled it out of the bag. And um, but just over the last couple of days, I'm starting to think to myself, I think Wilder could possibly get to him. And um, again, as I said, I just think if it comes to a shootout, Wilder's got it all about him. And I know Fury's a big guy and no doubt he's got some amount of power with it, but I've not really seen Wilder you know, really hurt you know, at this level. And he's lasted at this level regardless of what people want to say about him. You know the opponents he's fought, how he fights, he's still here, and um, you know he's still to be respected. That said, you know I, I'm still tossed up between it. I still think Fury could do it in points, but there's like just over the last couple of days, as I say, you know I think Wilder could probably get to him and maybe do it late again. Um, but I think if anybody needs to change their style a little bit, I think maybe Wilder because um, I'm probably furious, but I think both of them need to change their style a little bit. If, if Wilder goes more aggressive, he could definitely get the knockout early. If Fury is is, is is aggressive and defensively very responsible, then he could easily win it on points. I didn't see this uh, this this knockout early, what Fury's predicting. But um, at the minute, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of similar on the fence, but I'm, kind of, I'm starting to kind of sway towards Wilder. Um, I'm on a good run now, Steve, as well, with my predictions. I mean, I've got, I've got old Vinny boy getting knocked out in the 10th round there last night. Um, so I want to keep it going. But um, at the minute, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Wilder gets to him late. I'm going to say another 10th round stoppage. 10th round. I'm going for 9th round stoppage, but I think Wilder will be hurt at some point. I can see there being a shootout in the early rounds. I think they're going to come out balls to the wall, the pair of them, and there's going to be fun and frolics, and then it's going to settle down until late on in the fight. I've got nothing to base this on whatsoever, other than just imagining it, I suppose. But I think Wilder by 9th round knockout, that's what I'm going for. Uh, Aussie, let's bring you in on this one. British boxing blogger looking ahead with their question. Who do you think will be the most likely to unify with AJ if they win the fight? Fury or Wilder? Um, uh, Tyson Fury. Fury. I, I think there's, there's more of the urge and probably the will to make that fight. Um, I think both are massive. Both have huge appeal. Um, I would say that the Joshua Wild fight would probably, if it doesn't go to Saudi, would probably happen in America. Um, whereas Fury Joshua um, could quite easily happen, uh, you know, at Wembley, Twickenham, uh, Tottenham Stadium. Um, all likelihood, the Saudis will probably put up big, big money and take it over there, which will be a great shame, really. Because it'd be one of the biggest fights probably in British boxing history, and it wouldn't happen on these shores. Um, so it, it'd obviously be a great shame for that. But look, look, money talks, and I think either or, if if the if the dough is there, they will take it. Um, likewise, from Joshua's side as well. Um, you would hope that. I mean, I think it's obvious that there's probably a rematch clause in. Um, for either or, of it, particularly if Fury wins, so it won't be a shock to see that third fight happen. Um, what about the draw again, Ozzy? One of the guys was saying that in the chat earlier. 
I, I don't see it personally. I see a more a definitive result this time. And I, I've mulled it over. Um, I think it's easy to be lured in by the power of Deontay Wilder because we know it, it's an equaliser and, and he can knock anybody out. Um, he lands clean. But the one thing that Ta Tyson Fury was coming into the last fight, he, he came off two fights against um, Sefer Safiri and... Oh, who was the other guy? Um, Pianetta. Uh, mm. Pianetta. And he was going into the Wilder fight, and everybody thought it was a cash-out. You know, he's a great talker. He he talks the talk, and, and he gives you that bit of confidence that he can go in, and he can do it. Well, he did do it, and he was shafted on the cards, and he put in an excellent display, and he had two lapses of concentration, um, particularly in the, in, the, in the last round, from where he was seemingly hurt badly, but I still maintain to this day that he finished the round the better fight, the better fighter. And I think he landed clean on Wilder. And I think he hurt Wilder a couple of times in that fight as well and just never pushed on because it was the clear tactic to box and move. I mean, you saw the panic and worry in Ben Davidson's face. You know, when it got, you know, that Wilder started to throw his shots. But Fury didn't lose, you know, he's not lost anything. He, he was evading a hell of a lot. And I don't think the first fight... The first knockdown was, it was more of a balance issue for me. He didn't look hurt, the first knockdown fury, and I thought he was absolutely fine. Um, we can't excuse the fact that Luis Ortiz, for, 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 he's, he's a talented fighter, but for what everybody says, he's an old man, and he was schooling Deontay Wilder, absolutely schooling him. And this is a guy who we say he's, put, he's past 50, and he was cruising. That saying, it's, I mean, it's regardless. We've seen Wilder outclassed before. And, um, I mean, again, the equaliser landed, and, and it was at will. But I thought Ortiz started to tire and and it was clearly it's clearly a mental side as well. You've got to be wary of you know the power that Wilder can because it takes what Fury probably needs to box what th thirty six minutes to perfection. Wilder can get Wilder can be losing every round, but all he needs is what a split second and the fight can be over. That saying, I I think Fury has got. I, I think he wins the fight um because the more i mull it over the first fight i thought was glaringly obvious um i don't see wilder adapting i don't think he's that sort of fighter yes he may be a bit more patient but if fury go i don't see him adapt i think look we've seen it before i think carl frampton said he was gonna you know put on a great performance against scott quigg and full stand and trade and frampton did what he did best and that was box and I see Fury doing what he does best as well, and that's box. I don't see him changing up his style to look into trade with Wilder. I think he'll use his weight to his advantage more because he's clearly the bigger guy. So he'll look to smother Wilder, get his weight on him, tire him out that way because Wilder was gassed. Um, and he's certainly tired. And I think, look, you've got a 19-stone bloke leaning all over you and things like that halfway through a fight. It's not easy to shove him off. Um Fury's not obviously the one-punch knockout artist, but getting it off a 19-stone blow can cause damage. Um, and I'm sure it can. <laughs> I, I certainly think that he can. Look, there's, 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 there's the chance he can get him out of there. I don't see it personally, but I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if there's a few shaky moments for Wilder. Because like we said in the first fight, Fury did land, and I, and for me, he did hurt him. He definitely buzzed him a couple of times. But I see Wilder, uh, I see 
Fury going on the back foot, boxing and moving, looking to evade the big right hand. And in reality, Wilder doesn't have much else from that. I think he has a good corner. I think Andy Lee's a massive addition for Tyson Fury. Um, I think he, he, he's calm, compact. Um, he'll be composed in that corner. Um, he'll pass on priceless advice. I think Fury's going in there. He's gone out, though. He's picked, look, he's hand-selected these trainers. Um, I think he's got the confidence there. He's not trained to make weight. He, he, he's been in good shape. He's kept in shape. Even when he's been pissing about, you know, with WWE and stuff, he's not bloomed up, you know, to 25 stone and had to drop the weight. He's in good nick. And and I think he does it. We, we've seen him defy the odds before when he went out to Germany. He defied the odds in the, the Deontay Wilder first fight and was wrongfully jobbed on the cards. And for me, I, I think he defies the odds again of sorts. And I think he beats Deontay Wilder in excellent fashion. I'm going for a a one seventeen one ten sort of card. Um, I, I think he pisses it, and and it, and if he does piss it in that in that side, I wouldn't want to see a third fight because you would only see it again, and you just want to see the main unification. But for me, I'm going with Fury on points. There we go an endorsement for Fury from Aussie. Huge name, jumped on the call, going to him soon. Massive name in the world of boxing. Don't worry, Rob Kelly will jump in first of all. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. Ozzy, I think, is the first person on the panel. Unless I am mistaken, Rob, to pick Fury. Who are you going with? You are mistaken. I picked him. Did you pick Fury as well? Sorry. You, you were slurring ass. by the end. You're a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I've done anal. Um, oh, look, I think it's... It's really interesting. Um, absolutely huge fight, mega fight. I mean, it's interesting all the way that things move so quickly these days that we're on to the next talker point, and we kind of forget. Like it was such a clear victory for Fury the first time, even with the two knockdowns, that it was a it was a disgrace of a decision, like an absolute disgrace. But since then, there's been kind of a narrative creeping in from obviously the Sky guys, kind of saying that it was a close fight. And then, no, it wasn't a fucking close fight. And then, like, this narrative coming from the States that Wilder won the first four rounds somehow. So, strange how we forget how easy it was. And with that in mind, I kind of, like, looking at the last performances of each guy, Top Fury looked very heavy-legged against um, Otto Wallen. And he didn't look his best. But Fury's always shown that he's a fella that fights down to the level of the guy he's fighting with. If he's not interested, he's looking out of the ring, or he's just not, he's just not switched on. So, um, with that said, I think he's going to be completely switched on for this fight. Um, and you look at look at last their last two fights. All right, Ortiz he got the the sensational knockout, but he lost every second of the fight up until that. And Ortiz, like at some stage, he was going to catch him because he got wasn't going to be able to do the pace. But Ortiz is small on the smaller side as well for for the heavyweight guys. I think there's nothing works better against the guy that has power if you can offset him especially if he has a tail and I know they were working on that in the first fight and it was kind of obvious when he wasn't in as good shape as he is now the only thing the only thing I see going against Fury is like I said before has he taken off too much weight now and his legs are, and he's gone leggy and that's maybe inspired this change um, to go to the cron because make no mistake about it the boys are knockout specialists like they're not waiting for the fucking decision that wouldn't be in their, their DNA Manny was the Manny detested fighters trying to cruise to a decision he hated it because he knew you couldn't trust the judges, and if you had a knockout power, he, he he all his all his coaching was around setting up big shots. So 
there is going to be an element of that I think you're going to see, and I think Freddie Roach might have been on something as well, like like Dave said, that sure he did have, have Wilder hurt at certain stages, and if he gets him hurt, can Wilder really fight on the back foot? I don't know. Like, So can he back him up and, and maybe and maybe do damage that way? In order to win the fight for Wilder, he's going to have to somehow inflict damage on Fury. Now, he went through the whole 12 rounds of the last fight not even throwing a body shot. So you'd expect that they've watched enough tape and they've watched the fight back enough to try and make some adjustments. But I don't know if Wilder's that kind of fighter where he can adjust his style or he'd have to style that much. I know he kind of boxed the first fight against Bermain Stavarn against the jab. But since then, there's been very little set up to a lot of his shots. Now, if he tries to go, you know, maybe faint the body and bring the right hand over the top, he might have some success there. But I just think that a switched on Fury, you write him off at your peril. And I think he could, I think he could stop, I think he could stop Wilder. Now, maybe that's a romantic uh, view of it or whatever. I'm a big Fury fan. Um, I'm obviously delighted for Andy and all the boys as well and Sugar Hill and all them getting such a big fight. So I might be, you know, not. I'm, it's an unbiased view on this one, but I just do believe that Fury can offset. Can Fury style can always offset Wilder. And I think the last fight, maybe this has more to do with Ben Davison's exit. Um, I would have been a bit critical of Ben Davison, oh, only for the for his part before the twelfth round. I don't remember exactly what he said, but what he should have been saying and what Fury as a fighter should have been doing is get on your fucking bike. Get on your bike. Don't stand in front of him. Go out and fucking give the round away. You're pissing the fight. Like just don't let him touch you. And he stood in front of him and got caught. So maybe, maybe um, that was a bit of naivety or whatever. But um, it's a minor criticism of Ben Davison because I thought he did fantastic in that fight, especially in the shape that he had Fury in. Um, so I thought he was he was brilliant. But I just see Fury doing it. Um, but I'm excited to see, and I'm like, and again, if we're if we're sitting here talking next Sunday, and Wilder's knocked him out, I don't think anybody's going to be completely surprised. Or, but again, I don't know if we rule out something something controversial like a fan man flying in the ring, something fucking crazy happening. There could be there's always something in the air with the two of them. Oh, that'd be amazing, Fury, wouldn't it? I think Fury has a mental edge on him, and it was evident when Wilder was on the Joe Rogan podcast because he believes that Fury got up because of a gypsy curse. He said that the gypsies brought him back. Um, <laughs> using their magic powers to start doing spooky hand signals and everything and making noises so Rogan was laughing at him but I do, I think he's uh, he's kind of spooked by Fury a little bit and um, he'll revert whatever kind of adjustments he's make I think he's more likely to revert back to his old style and just try to wait on the right hand and it might not be there for him yeah, the Oh, I was just Sorry. about to say the same thing, Ozzy. Yeah, the referee and the oh, judges. Does anybody know? Are you asking the same question as well? Mm-hmm. I've not. I've not seen anything who the referee is yeah. uh, or any of the judges. I would suspect that a UK judge is going to be going out there. You've probably got an American judge. Terry. Oh, I, I really hope not. I, I really hope not. Um, but yeah, I, I've not seen anything. Um, I'll, I'll have a quick look now. But one thing, uh, while I'm looking, one thing I was going to say is um, just touching on people saying, you know, like the best they've seen while the box was against Bermain Stiverne. But big Bermain allowed him to do that because he's a big lump who essentially, you know, was really in front of him, a big lump. Fury isn't that. He boxes and moves. And like I said, he, he's got the movement that can cause hell for Wilder. I mean, look, Gerald Washington was fucking outboxing him. I know the way the fight ended, but fuck me. This guy can get outboxed by pretty much anybody. Um, and it's just a case of... It, Rob's called it right. Fury will lower himself to, to the opponent. 
he will fight, you know, like a buddy Sam Sexton, and it'll be a dire, you know, shit eight round thing from where, and then he'll finally wear him down and get rid of him. Put him in with someone like a, a Deontay Wilder. It showed his class in the first fight. The guy was up at fucking what, 25, 30 stone. He came down in weight. He fought absolute shite in Safiri and Pianetta. We saw the Pianetta fight and thought, Jesus Christ, like what is going to happen here? And he showed his quality in that. For a guy, you know, that was written off completely and was not there whatsoever. He was completely, um, he, he was excellent in that fight. And like we say, he doesn't get knocked down in the 12th. He wins. He should have won anyway on the cards. And I mean, look, we, we saw him, you know, again in a, in a, you know, not not the best of fights against Otto Wallin, but he had to deal with a horrendous cut there. What was it, fifty stitches or something like that? That's the one concern that 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 tissue is going to be weak because you know it's difficult to recover from that sort of thing. But I, I don't really read too much into the Tom Schwartz fight yet. Garbage. But he dealt with him in the right way. Two round blowout. You never know, the, ten, the 12 rounds against Otto Wallin may well benefit him in the, um, you know, going into this fight as well. Mm. It, look, he got 12 rounds in, in uh, what was it, in September time. Like we say, he's kept in shape. Um, and for me, I, I just see it all. I, I just think there's more favourabilities going to Fury than there is Wilder. Wilder showed nothing in his last fight to say that he's improved. Bear in mind, we knew this Fury fight was coming. This has been in the offing for a while, and he was always taking that Ortiz fight. We saw nothing whatsoever that Wilder changed there, at all. There is something that people are not really talking about as much, and it, we've seen it happen. You know, you talk about the Roy Jones thing as well with the legs and losing the weight, but when he was knocked out, he was never the same. Now, I know technically Fury wasn't knocked out because he beat the count, but he took two one shot, was unconscious, another one on the way down, and his head bounced off the canvas. So is there... The possibility that that did take something from him, and up against it, does that does that become apparent? That's that's kind of because it does happen. Like you see a fighter get brutally dropped like that, brutally knocked out, and takes a bit of him away. So that those that, that's a question that's going to be answered next Saturday as well. One thing I did notice, I don't know if anybody's seen it, was Jack Reese's comments. He got interviewed, basically, or, you know, asked a question about that knockdown, and I think Jack Reese's he's a. Uh, uh, emergency response member you know he's like he works the ambulances and stuff he says when he got knocked down it says i believed he was in full faculty because he had his right leg propped up he says that doesn't happen if you're completely knocked out and unconscious and says i don't know if anybody noticed it as well he says but when i started to then go over the top of him and start counting his eyes turned straight into my you know basically my eye line and then he, he got up he rolled over he got up Move here, move there, and he kind of like he says. At no time did he think he was knocked out, and they gave him every opportunity. So uh, it's a shame, actually. I don't know if he's going to be the same referee, but I just thought maybe just throw that in there as well for a wee bit of reference. I'm I'm just reading up on a story. Here, yeah, you I'm, wouldn't rule out like if he hits the deck that the ref just fucking with all the pressure he's under, the ref might just yeah, fucking wave stop it off. It. Like you know what I mean? I think I think this fight is a you need a referee. Whereas if if anybody gets dropped badly. They must be, yep, they've got to be given every single opportunity because the last we don't need a bullshit stoppage in this fight. It's the last thing we need, especially in America. We don't need bullshit judges. We don't need a bullshit stoppage. Give the let them fight, let them fight, let them fight it out. If it means somebody going, to, well, we didn't want it, but if somebody needs to go to the hospital and so be it, let them fucking fight it out. Mm. 
that's the one thing we don't want. We do not want to be talking next Sunday about yet again a horrendous um, set of officials that have dictated the outcome of a fight. Look, if if it's the right decision and it's dodgy cards, but the right decision comes, then you can oversee it. The last thing we want to be talking about next week is that um, whatever Fury was jobbed on the cards or it was a horrendous stoppage and by no means, you know, the said fighter was perfectly able to continue. That's the last thing we want because then it just draws out the process even longer. I think the one I think one thing we can all agree on, um, not it, it, regardless of the winner, is we just want a fair outcome. We don't want more, you know, one of probably one of the possibly the biggest fight that'll happen this year to be determined by an inept set of officials because that's the last thing we want. And I don't think I don't think I don't think the sport can of course it'll continue, but all too often we're seeing the bigger fights dictated, you know, by, you know, dodgier cards. I think people start to grow sick of it, particularly, you know, like your your casual set of fans that if every fight is determined, you know, by dodgy decisions, stoppages, results, people will just get sick of it in the end. Uh, but just, the... In regards to the, just in regards to the mathematics of the last fight, two knockdowns, so Wilder's already got four points in the bag. How controversial can it be? Because Fury didn't, didn't win every other round of the fight except for those two, did so we might. So a lot of people might have thought that Fury won, but it's not fucking still one skin. of the most controversial decisions ever, are we? Yeah, I'm. I'm with Smito on that. I thought it was. I thought Fury should have won, but it was yeah. competitive. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'm. Tr- I yeah, can't I remember what my card was. I'm. I'm trying to find it. While you find yeah. that, Aussie, let me just bring in a judging expert we have on the call. Delighted to welcome back the man himself, Donny Baseball. How are you saying, Donald? Gentlemen, it's good to be back. I've done it. Kickbacks. How's the kickbacks, by the way? <laughs> it's pretty good. We're we're busy making Connecticut great again. Yeah, kissing those babies as well. <laughs> yep. Councillor Donald. So, I uh, just want to say, even though I've been absent for a while, I've been listening, and uh, uh, thanks for maintaining uh, this uh, wonderful institution and. Uh, the high quality that it's uh, uh, renowned for. You guys are doing a wonderful job. And I'm sorry I haven't been around. I'd like to be around Seven more. And I think I will be, hopefully, in the coming week. Are you invited to the office, like? <laughs> <laughs> that was quite the speech, <laughs> Donny. <laughs> hey, he's, he's getting ready for these. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting ready. I think he's running the presidency in about 70 years' time. What's, Bernie what's Sanders that? getting. I see you get, you, your, your speech here. You get ready to make a run at presidency in about seventy years' time, like Bernie Sanders when he's eighties <laughs> and stuff like. Well, we're gonna make America too likely. Connected. Too likely the Me Too movement to come back and haunt him before he get that far. Operation U Tree. Right, come on then, Donny. Pull <laughs> your pants up and tell us about well, Walder Fury. Well, you know, uh, it's funny. Rob kind of uh, took. Uh, what I was going to say right right out right, right it's almost like he was reading my mind um because I, I'm thinking I, I'm thinking Wilder uh is going to take it uh on Saturday uh obviously I'm looking forward to it a uh, biggest heavyweight fight of uh, certainly in Las Vegas in the last uh probably since the Tyson era um and you know when we saw the first fight you know we maybe not didn't necessarily realize it at the time 
But I think that that knock that knockdown, especially that last one, uh, probably took something from Fury. And I think it showed when he fought Otto Wallen. Uh, you know, obviously Tom Schwartz, I think that was kind of a nothing fight. Uh, he was so outclassed that even, you know, it didn't really tell us anything about where Fury was as a fighter. But uh, the fact that he uh, ended up going 12 rounds with that guy uh, makes me wonder if, you know, it took something from him. And I mean, you know, yes, of course, he looked great when he came back against Wilder, except for the, you know, all the knockdowns. But, uh, but you know, I mean, we can't discount the fact that this man spent three and a half or at least three years out of the ring doing hard drugs uh, by his own admission. Uh, and, you know, thinking about killing himself and, and, and all of that stuff. And I mean, you know, when you put that together with the kind of beating uh, that he got, at least, you know, uh, uh, at two critical junctures in that in that Wilder fight, um, I, I'm wondering if he's if, if Wilder's maybe the fresher fighter going into this. Uh, and, you know, we've seen Wilder obviously go through uh, tough fights before where he always pulls it out. And it's hard to uh, discount a guy, in my mind, that always seems to get it done. Uh, is Fury the better boxer? Absolutely. Um, am I, I'm a little bit concerned, though, for him. Uh, I think he's he's coming in a little bit heavier to this fight, is he not? Uh, I read that he was uh, one stone heavier uh, at last uh, check, basically, uh, than he was in the Wilder fight. I thought that his plan in the Wilder fight was perfect which was to dance and to move and to frustrate him. And I'm wondering if he could still execute that same game plan for 12 rounds. If the plan is, as has been uh, predicted by others, that perhaps maybe he wants to smother him and, and use his weight and lean on the ropes and, and be the bigger guy. In order to get inside and lean on somebody, you have to come in. And if Fury is known for fighting down to his opponents, then that's actually going to be uh, a, a liability for him against Wilder because the thing is, if he is fighting the first few rounds of the fight and he's bossing it and he's making Wilder look, you know, like an amateur and he's got Wilder wildly swinging and missing and he's thinking to himself, yeah, I got this guy now. You know, he's uh, he's nothing. He I can I can take him. I'm such I'm such a superior boxer. And if he switches off for that one second because he does have the tendency to fight down to opponents, then that's the second that's going to end the fight. Um, so, uh, you know. I, I think that Wilder is coming into the fight fresher. Uh, I, I also think the cut could be a problem. Uh, that was a that was a brutal cut. In any other uh, situation, if Fury wasn't the heavyweight, or at least had a claim to the heavyweight championship of the world, that that he would have been stopped in that fight. And the fact that that it was let to go on so long meant that he probably sustained even more tissue damage, uh, just so that he could hang on to the title, and so that you know the Wilder Fury rematch could happen. Obviously, that's what everybody wanted. And the ref would have been, you know, strung up if he had ever stopped that fight. But I think if that is any other fight and it wasn't Tyson Fury and he didn't have a legitimate claim to the heavyweight championship of the world, he probably doesn't, you know, he probably doesn't make it to round 12 because that fight would be stopped. And I'm wondering, you know, if you've got a cut that that's, that's uh, that bad uh, and it's not really that long ago, if you think about it, um, you know, what's what's that going to mean for the fight? I just, to me, when I look at every single factor that I think is a little bit questionable, I think... All of those factors make me want to lean towards Wilder, even though I understand and, and completely acknowledge that he is the lesser boxer. Um, but that's, you know, that's why we watch, and that's why I'll be watching, and that's why everyone will be watching on Saturday because the all of these unknowns uh, make this uh, uh, a known quantity, and that I think we're going to get a great fight.
Political answer from Donny there, sitting on the fence. As always, we've had questions in from James Windsor, Ted Barrett, Ryan Deal and Nathan Shaw. But guys, I'm going to park them till next week because we're just fast running out of time. It's coming up to 10 o'clock. We haven't done the value of the weeks yet. Before we do so, everybody, just a word from you, just a prediction. That's all I want. I know you've said it along the evening, but I wasn't really listening. <laughs> I've, I've forgotten what most people have said, to be honest with you. Starting from you, Smido, the winner and method of victory, please. Yeah, I've already said I think it'll be Wilder KO. Um, I know I've covered a lot of bases, but I forgot to mention earlier, and I have said this before, Wilder is, is I know another, other people have mentioned it, Wilder is there to be hurt. I just don't think Tyson Fury is the man. I mean, we've seen Wilder hurt by Ortiz, possibly Fury in the last fight, going way back to the likes of Eric Molina. So, you know, that's just one, that's just covering that base as well. But I do think Wilder will win by KO. And I'm going a bit against the grain. I think it'll be within the first six rounds, to be honest with you. There you go, Smido. No messing about from him. From one Smith to another, Ozzy, what are you predicting? Fury on points. Fury on points for Ozzy. Gabriel, winner, method of victory? Uh, Fury KO inside six. Wow, there you go. No messing from Gabe. Big ball. Fucking hell. He's going to slip a shot and drop a right hand on him. Lots out. Game over. Steve, see if, he, see if that comes off. Pay him the Patreon money for the month. I will. I will. I'll make sure he gets sorted out in every manner. Fucking hell. I'll Inside fly over to Texas rooms. and pleasure you. I hope you fucking die. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Steve. We, must have, we must have a lot of Patreon subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> What are you paying for looking at a video with that one? <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> Be safe. Video. Be Easy safe shit. indeed. Right, David. Who are you going for? Tyson Fury, TKO9. <laughs> that's Bob Arum's prediction. I'm going for Wilder, TKO9, or KO9. So that's my prediction, if anybody cares. Andy? Wilder, stoppage 10. Yeah, another wild stoppage, Robert. Fury, not sure, not entirely convinced on method of victory, but Fury. And finally, to you, Donald. Wilder KO eleven. There you go, Wilder KO eleven. I think slightly more people favour. It might have been four and four actually. I'm not going back over it again. Right, uh, before we go on to Bell of the Week, I'm going to mention a couple of shows, but we are, we're running uh, short on time, so we aren't going to be able to uh, dwell on them. Uh, Golden Contract next Friday evening, lightweights and super lightweights, sorry, and the featherweights are in action. Featherweights consist of Tyrone McCullough, James Dickens, Lee Wood, Ryan Walsh, up at super lightweight, O'Hara Davis, Tyrone McKenna and... Uh, Mohammed Mimoon. Oh, and Jeff Afori as well. Sorry, Jeff. Nearly forgot about you. Looking forward to that Friday night on YouTube. And next Saturday night as well, the rematch everybody's been waiting for. After their first draw, Brad Foster and Lucian Reed go back in for the British Super Bantamweight title. Cody Davis against Umar Sadiq. Decent fight on the undercard. Dennis McCann. Mohammed Ali, no less. Ryan Garner. A few other people as well on the undercard. Like I said, can't really dwell on that. I don't think we'll get to have time to get to Ryan Deal's question, unfortunately, about old Dark Fruit Darch tonight. Uh, yeah, I think we'll leave that till next week. Let's go on to Bay of the Weeks and everybody for episode 360. Some people might drop yes. off, but as of right now, we have Donnie, Rob, Dave, Gabe, Ozzy, Adam, 
Andy and me, Steve. So there's quite a heavy panel. First nomination comes in for David Diamante. Um, he was uh, heaping the praise on Dorian Darch last week. You fought Ian Lewison, Huey Fury, Anthony Joshua, Eddie Chambers, Daniel Dubois, Nick Webb, Simon Valilli, Tom Little, Alex Dickinson, Dave Allen. That's one hell of a CV. Lot to be proud of, says David Diamante, giving him the props for that. Steffi Ball got nominated for some homophobic tweets. I'll not read them out. No time. Guillermo okay. Quitendo has nominated BCR Hip Hop Magazine for saying that Andy Ruiz is too slow for Bryant Jennings. Wow. Uh, Jed Klima, good nomination from him for Canelo. Canelo took a photo of himself, standing in front of an upright broom. Belly of the week, says Jed. Bored guar bastard has nothing better to do with his time than Marvel at standing a fucking brush on its head. Give me your millions, son. I'll be knacker deep in two Russian gymnasts within the era, snorting beak through a Pringles tube. <laughs> so he thinks, <laughs> as Alan Partridge would say, you're wasting your life, Canelo. You're wasting your life. Uh, Anthony Fowler has been nominated. You know what's ironic, says Anthony. People all over the country always calling Scousers thieves. I've lived in Liverpool 28 years, never been robbed. I've been living in London a a few weeks and some cunt pickpocketed me (laughs) on the tube. (laughs) 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 Oh, fucking... If, if there's poetic justice and there's a lord on this fucking earth, he, he delivered... And he was, in, he was in visitation of London that day, by the way. Oh, Tony Fowler, fucking tremendous shit. Getting pickpocketed off a wee fucking hood rat. That's brilliant. <laughs> there's another nomination amazed, coming for Tony soon. It'd be amazing if he dipped a wallet and just left a wee fucking wrapped up shit in his pocket for, for good measure, eh? Bit of CBD. <laughs> oh. the, two, the two kids off, off Peep Show running around with a case full of CBD and a wallet and a mobile phone. <laughs> 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 oh dear uh, Josh Taylor and Regis Prograde a bit of a back and forward this week Taylor said I with your head you wee tadger just you get it and then Rougerou jumped back in lol good one don't judge at the weigh-ins by the way I'm leaving Colombia need me to get you something while I'm here I heard you like that white girl bit of a controversial back and forward between the two of them I'll be honest with you it was nominated I have no idea what either of them are talking about any any light on this back and forward Andy between Taylor and Prograde that just stems from the fight, mate. Basically, I'm, a, I'm not a hater. Fuck off. Um, that just stems from the old fight, and that isn't it? it's a close competitive fight. There's a bit of verbals back and forward and stuff. Like it's just how it is, and that. You know, Josh gets in about him talking shit. He talks shit back. So it is really. Go ahead, Ozzy. You're the hater. No, nothing for me. I'm sorry, I've just left myself unmuted. Yeah, you're fucking whole, you did. He's unmuted himself just in time. Just in time, for, just in time for this one, Ozzy. From Matt Russell's nominated Alan Rundle. He said David Allen was showing fantastic head movement from the off last week and sizing the guy up early rounds. God knows he loves a slow-mo recap to post. Don't we all? Underrated defensively. He's a class act. And the word fix shouldn't be associated with Dave's name. <laughs> Do the poor fans. That is fucking hell. That is a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. What's he trying to summon every fucking muster of dignity he can get there by the way? The only time Dave Allen shows head movement is when his head is getting snapped back on the end of a jab or an uppercut or a left hook or right hand down the pipe. He's got great hand, head movement then backwards. Who's this 15 year old, by the way? 
I've seen some comment about a fifteen-year-old on Twitter. What the fuck's all that about? I never, I never read much in there. What was what's all this about? I've no idea, but I'll tell you one thing, Andy. Jason Chukwu has woken up. He said apparently in relation to the Taylor Progray back and forward, the white Gosh, girl is uh, a bit of cocaine, which Progray is insinuating Taylor is a fan of. That's where that's coming from. You knew what it was, Chukwu. It's the yeah. white girl, Christina Aguilera. <laughs> it could be better too. Here, boys, let's move on to the next one. Rob, this is for you. Uh, Prime Tyke Myson uh, tagged me in on this one. One time Wakinio fighting over in Tanzania with a, a wooden oak <laughs> canvas. <laughs> man, the fucking gym. Oh man, it looked like the gym out of Green Hill or something. Like the boys are going to roll in afterwards. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Oh fucking hell, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it was a cracker. This is a good one. I'm actually liking this nomination here. This is a sleeper from Isaac Chamberlain. We know the guy's deluded, but Isaac tweeted out this week. Everything is God's plan. Signed a long-term deal with Channel 5 and Mick Hennessy. <laughs> so, God, you think he would be pretty busy, wouldn't you, with, like, famine and wars and stuff? But apparently, high up on his priority list is brokering a deal between Isaac Chamberlain and Channel 5 and Big Mick here. And Isaac went on to say, my next two fights are on March the 28th. So, I don't know, is he fighting twice on one night or something? At the Sky Dome Arena, 2.9 million viewers are going to get very familiar with watching this face. Watching it what? Getting smashed to bits. This this is one of the most deluded guys in boxing, Isaac Chamberlain. Good old nomination for him there, Andy. Maybe that could be a sleeper one for you. Yeah, possibly. But uh, I'm sitting here with quite a few of them myself. Like, but uh, it's a weird move. Do you think so? Well, I mean, God's plan. You, you can't argue with God's plan, can you? You got in there, sorted it out for Isaac, as you do with Big Mick. Everything for a reason, you know. Everything the Book of Isaacs. Exactly. <laughs> Book of Isaiah. <laughs> Greg, Greg Cross has nominated little Javonta, threatening to kill the fans. Some fan was having a go at Javonta. And yeah, apparently this fan had all these hashtags, didn't he, in his bio. R.I.P. so-and-so, R.I.P. this. And Javonta said, relax before yo be in your bio with the rest of your homies. And then an upside down smiley face. Javonta getting stuck in there. Iron Fisted Champion has nominated Clarissa T-Rex Shields. Clarissa tweeted out, So excited to announce the Gwote Camp in the UK. I'll be teaching two-hour classes a day at fee $50, ages eight and up. Cash app, uh, dollar sign Gwote Camp with your name and payment. I'll put that in the chat later. I'm sure everyone will be wanting to get onto that. Can't yeah. wait, to, can't wait to teach some of my skills and tricks to everyone. Come along, uh, Rob, to the Gwote Camp. Yeah, no, apparently it's uh, intense training. Um, you get put in a scenario where you face your opponent and then... Um, someone teaches you to run up and hit their trainer from behind. It's going to be good. I'm <laughs> <laughs> all for it. And so, uh, she was on quite a run last night as well. She said, uh, don't get me wrong, Caleb Plant is a good fighter, but this fella, before everybody gets excited, this fella looks like an MMA fighter. wonder what it is that she doesn't like about Caleb Plant. It's an odd one. I can't work it out. Um, um, but yeah, maybe it's his shorts. His beard? It's probably his beard. Yeah. Is it ginger pubes? It might be his beard. <laughs> Gin- ginger pubes. <laughs> <laughs> Good, job, Unc, <laughs> Good job, Unk. Good job, Unk, in the chat. Uh, Ted Barrett has nominated um, Adam Booth. Neil Marsh for exposing Adam Booth for pulling out of the first fight. Bail you of the week for you, Booth, for... Uh, that sure you'll get a few in for him. I did indeed. Here's another one for Anthony Fowler, nominated by Joe Lands. Fowler tweeted out, 
I understand what you're saying, mate. Honestly, might sound crazy, but if I died tomorrow, I could say I've had a great life. I'm 28, but had so many amazing experiences, so I'm not asked about money. If I can help people who need it more than me, says Ferola, I will. Uh, by the way, is um, can I get a couple of retweets off old Fowles? Is he how much is it for a retweet these days from him? He's not asked about money now, though. He's a man of the people. He's old Anthony Fowler. Uh, Franny has nominated Lynx for getting fooled by a clay maker tweet from Jazz Paul. Table yeah. books, Lynx, Lynx Africa gift set ready to be cracked. Big Valentine's Day imminent for the sainted Mrs. Jazz Paul. And then a picture of the clay maker with a rose in between his teeth. Lynx got all over this. Paul has got Valentine's Day nailed and they continue to like the tweets. Absolutely <laughs> oblivious to what was going on. He even retweeted my comment as well. Fucking unbelievable. Oh, they liked it. Good Sorry, I should say this. This is glorious. They liked it. Everybody high five each other in the market yeah. in the apartment there. Fucking brilliant. Oh dear. Uh, Sai has nominated Shawnee B. Biggest sporting occasion next weekend in British history. Tyson Fury versus the Bronze Bomber Two. Can't wait, says Shawnee B. Uh, Javier Bacoli is nominated. I don't know whether to put this in or not, but might as well. Unbelievable scenes today at England Boxing Youth Championships in Coventry. Disgusting. It was more sad than Bell of the Week scene. Nah, look at that shit, man. Fuck that. I mean, fuck Aye. sake, man. They got anything with meat cleavers, fucking weapons, and axes. Uh, uh, like, was it, it wasn't even seniors. It was like junior fucking fighters who have like, you know, campaigned for the last two years of you know their life. So about the 14, 15 year old kids for fuck's sake. And you're going in there. Fuck yous, man. Yeah, it was a bad one, that. Javier Bacoli nominated it, though. Anyone can get it. Uh, Glenn McCrory, my prayers are for Caroline. God bless you. Then Patrick jumped in and said, Glenn, big fa- my granddad was a big fan of you, yours. Passed away last year, mate. Hard for the family. Can I please get a retweet? He then put a picture up. I think it might be Ted Bundy. I'm not sure, but if someone of Ted's ilk, yes. someone with Ted's box boxerick resume anyway, he's got a number of uh, wins <laughs> on the record. <laughs> Leon T. Hey. Oh, you, him. Oh, I- it was Haymanites actually. Haymanites actually put one up for a for old Matthew Hunter and that. He basically called him like a you know a male feminist equals basically a predator basically you know. So just the you know he's always going about like say you know we know why people hate Clarissa Shields and all that shit. You know he's just a total woke person. He's just like he's not even boxing for the right reasons. And I also found. Who the fuck is he, by the way? I looked up. He's got like yeah, fucking 600 followers on voice. Twitter. The box voice. With his That's 600 he followers. Me. He'd be better off saying all that shit in a group text. <laughs> fuck off. Off Twitter. <laughs> he should be nominated for them stupid little gifts he puts up, if nothing else. I just found out that he actually was with the boxing voice for a wee bit. So that basically explains where he's at, actually, in life. You know, working for the oh, bastards. Oh, the grass. Mess. Oh. Here, Andy, one from you coming in. Um yeah. B- uh, hang on, who is it? But a bad left hook, yeah, for using Michael Benson as a source. Michael Benson yeah. reports wrote bad left hook. <laughs> yeah, what, what was that in the reference again? Actually, what fight was that? That was um, you nominated bad left hook for oh, using Castanio Michael Benson as a source. As a source, I oh already. yes, Castagno against um, screenshot the actual article. Who was Excera. it? It was Texera. Oh, right, there you go, yeah, yeah. And it's basically, basically confirming there's no venue announced yet, but the fight's happening sometime late April, and Michael Benson reports. So I actually messaged Chris Williamson and uh, Ozzy. How, you know, how did you guys take on it as well? Big fan of Benson over here. I know Ozzy loves Benson anyway. Yeah, Fuck off. I am not a fan of that pillock. 
He's a fraud. And now he's getting referenced in fucking articles saying <laughs> he reports like he yes. broke the news. There we go. He'll get found out eventually. He'll get found out. And I'm not too be. sure. Let's just say we won't, we won't be here to pick up the pieces from him. And uh, we certainly won't be waving him a goodbye. Pillock. <laughs> Pat's in the back. Paul Benson there. Last couple for me before we bring the guys in. Declan Graffin has nominated Andrew Meering. Eddie Hearn put up a list of fights, a dream card that he would like to make. Andrew said, Eddie, how much would this pay-per-view card cost? Seriously, got to be looking at £125. Declan Graffin says nomination for Andrew, asking Eddie to make this pay-per-view at least £125. And that, gentlemen, is all the ones that I've got this week. Andy, I know you're raring to go with a few jumping now. A PBC... I don't know if you've seen it last night, but they, they, they put the big the big three belt holders on display uh, on a caption. So you've got David Benavidez, WBC, Callum Smith, the Panamanian title, and Khalid Plant, IBF. But at the bottom, a wee amendment, Saul Alvarez is the Panamanian regular champion. There's no mention of Billy Joe Saunders. So uh, I like that, big three belt holders, but they had to mention uh, Canelo. You can't kind of like sanction off you know, a big payday like that. So you got to keep Canelo kind of basically mentioned there. Um, it's not a boxing one, but um, UFC for like to present Holly Holm with a fucking jacket for piss, eh, for pissing, for passing 50 USADA drug tests without any issues. I thought that was pretty fucking, you know, that's, that's one of your jobs by the way, stay clean, but get her a fucking jacket for passing tests. Um, oh shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. Give her a jacket for passing. Yeah. Uh, 50 consecutive <laughs> tests, wasn't it? That's the chat for well, that's, something to, that's something to really encourage cleaning up the sport. What, I could get a jacket? Yeah, oh, go watch. Fuck these steroids. <laughs> um, Liam Smith uh, put up Kill Brook, actually, because uh, he's on, he was on Sky Sports. I think it was, was it Monday, I think it was. He's talking about wanting to fight... Um, you know, we're talking about, like, you know, we got told he's fighting Liam Smith next. But he mentions uh, two 147 fighters, which I think was one of them was actually Mikey Garcia, believe it or not, who's not even anywhere near a 147-pound fighter. And the other one is uh, Danny Garcia. So, um, basically, Liam Smith's not a name for him. So, you know, he's, again, it's just what we talk, talked about. You know, make 147 when the when it matters. Uh, Sergio Martinez, he sees a wee video for his oh, uh, yeah, ring yeah. return June 7th. My God, he looks shit. <sighs> Fucking eight. In a wheelchair, probably. Wheelchair yeah. boxing. Yep. Um, uh, Martin Hunter, uh, a.k.a. Ted Bundy. Um, oh, aye, this one. The Sun. They basically said with this headline, Dillian White forced into fight against Alexander Povetkin after Andrew Ruiz dodges Brit to face ageing Luis Ortiz. Ageing Luis Ortiz, gentlemen, was born March 1979. Alexander was born September 1979. So we'll just leave that one hanging there for you to kind of consider that one. Um, there was a wee guy, actually, I don't know if I picked this one up on notes, Steve, but uh, there was a wee guy, 16-year-old it was, he got caught for drunk driving. Um, somewhere around about uh, Illinois, Chicago, somewhere wherever it was and stuff. And his name was um, oh, Frank De La Hoya. So the coppers pulled him over and they asked him for what his name was and he identified himself oh, as yeah. Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> I saw that one. So, yeah. Oscar De La Hoya, what a fucking wanker. This kind of Oscar would day, actually. And uh, finally, I'm going to put up... Um, I don't know if anybody's seen Tyrone McKenna's uh, tweet. Uh, when was it? I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it was. Uh, he put up this uh, this video 
and he just basically says, they say fighting on Sky Sports has changed me one week until fight night, and I kind of really kind of go through the video, but I thought it was really kind of funny and a proper piss take of what Bell of the Week is really yeah, all about. Good. I thought it was really yeah, good, it was so good. Uh, it's no kind of like, say, like outlandish Bell of the Week stuff, but I thought it was like, you know, it was, it was you know, hmm. he's been funny at himself, basically, so I, I quite enjoyed that one. I thought that one deserved a wee, a wee mention. It was a, I thought it was an incredible video as well, to be honest. Well done, Andy. Quite a few thrown in from you. Um, Smido, is Smido still with us or is South Yorkshire packaging and innovation alloys pulled him back again? Go Smido do gone, I them bows! <laughs> we've lost him, lost, 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 hey to Dave Loback as well, unfortunately. There's Rob getting cast away. Any nominations from you, Rob? Oh yeah, I've got it there. Hold on, let me get to a spot where I was obstructed uh, here by the wind. Um, Two fighters who fought each other. We started off with Floyd Mayweather. Uh, so Floyd said on Valentine's Day on Instagram, I should be receiving gifts and special treatment on Valentine's Day since I'm so generous all throughout the year. Take me to dinner. Treat me to a movie. Buy me a gift. How many people feel this way? Floyd feeling unappreciated on Valentine's Day. And then we've got <laughs> professional... <laughs> professional... It must have been... Had, it must have been... Fucking very, the atmosphere must have been very low in the girls' collection on Valentine's night. Um... Floyd will do anything for money, though. I'm surprised he wasn't hawking, like, friggin' stationery box cards or something, or card yeah, factory or candy. something. <laughs> money team candy for your, for your loved one on Valentine's night. Um, and then no, got, what, what I like to get my loved one on, on Valentine's Day is triple glazed windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or put her in a raffle to win an iPhone. Or um, a British or, or a British hair clinic foundation and get a fucking armpit shaved or something British like that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So so uh, on that note, uh, yeah, we got professional boxer, zero and one record, Conor McGregor allegedly caught out, get videoed by a less than uh, and let's not count, let's not go there. But uh, a side tick Anyway, who's uh, po- what was she on? She was on Spice or something like that, eh? Or fucking LA. I don't know if she's. If anyone hasn't seen it, has been living under a rock. She's uh, motioning with her two fingers and sticking her tongue between them while videoing this. Oh yeah, that's bed. right. Uh, so he's not going to be able to do the old Eddie Murphy. It wasn't me. Uh, to D Devlin because it's clear to see he's there on the camera but like I'm thinking like, yeah that's but just... be honest mate be honest there's, there's a shitload of fucking people going but they're acting and looking like him physically ah, here. Way. the fucking wouldn't get the tattoo down their back and the fucking what's he call a Rolex what's he doing what's he doing a guy that that's what I'm saying dude what's he doing with that he deserves the nomination for that and for the fucking fact that he got caught, because I tell you, back in the day, you would have wanted the FBI to catch me, and I didn't even have any money. If I had a hundred million, oh, I'd have had the fucking Israeli Secret Service with me. You would have never caught me. <laughs> but uh, well, they'd yeah, find you, alright. Yeah. <laughs> Why? But uh, yeah. Did he no, walk away with the STD regular title? I mean, fig me, did that's dainty. Well, it, it, as did well as that, the timestamp, the video, uh, the song that was playing, and it was only released last year, so he can't even say that was the old me. And this is a look at Mr. Nice Guy they're back uh, selling the so he's out slinging the proper 12 all over the shop uh, so nomination for that oh and Ryan Garcia's entourage if anyone hasn't seen those clips please go and look at the Ryan Garcia immediately after the Fonseca fight I mean again taking nothing away from him as a fighter but his little baiting in tears wanker I can't wait for the <laughs> fella to bring that up with him by the way when he gets 
gets in a big fight and calls him a mama's boy and tells him he was bathing in tears over his ex and all that. It's yeah, just watch him melt down because all he's got in his entourage is complete yes men pumping him up, telling him he's the greatest thing of, since all time, and he actually believes his own hype. So um, it's going to be I interesting see, to see that play out. I see how his daughter went to at the win. Yeah, everything is just for fucking for the look. But I tell you, like he's got his fan base is real. I was looking at the, the undercard the other night on the free YouTube stream, and the Ryan Garcia hive is strong. They're out like the whole fucking chat is all just Ryan, 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 Ryan. He's got like he's doing massive numbers over there. He's a big star, so I mean he will be good for the sport if he could back that shit up permanently. But his entourage are just sickening, man. Sickening ass lickers. <laughs> So belly of the week for them. Belly of the week for them. I'm not sure what's going on in the chat here, but I just I just uh, sort of walked in on a conversation. War Inue says I would bang Judge Judy as well. She's on fifty million pounds a year. And Jason Trucker <laughs> agrees. Yeah, that Judge Judy ain't bad. What the fuck? Fucking hell, she's like ninety. <laughs> would be like shagging a corpse, says Inue. <laughs> fucking imagine the breath, man. That halitosis off that bitch. <laughs> Mad bastards. Who else oh, is God. in the mix there? Fucking Betty White and Estelle Getty. Conor McGregor, but it sounds it. Duffy bastards. Banging one of the Golden Girls. Uh, Ozzy, oh, uh, have I asked you already, Ozzy? I can't remember. Have you got anything? <laughs> um, yeah, I've got one, actually. It's for... Uh, we've not nominated him for a while. It's Joe Gallagher. Oh, yes. Ooh. So I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in the talk of a potential Kell Brook, Liam Smith fight. Uh, Joe Gallagher's now revealed that they will only take the Kell Brook fight if Liam Smith is the A-side. Oh, they have to be the A-side for the fight to go ahead. And whilst we're on that as well, I'll chuck Callum Smith in there as well, who has, um, has gone from, you know, fighting Hassan and Dam on undercards and Nicky Holskin and people like that to turning down uh, fights with Saul Alvarez because he, he feels he's worthy of more cash. Aye, aye, over 10 billion. Over yeah. 10 fucking yeah. billion. So because ten... he thinks he's better. COVID. Oh my God, these people. What is fucking wrong with you? How many millions do you need? Fuck. Thanks, Ozzy. Uh, Donny, good to have you back. Have you got any nominations for us, please? Just one. Uh, Wilder told, told uh, Boxing Sin this week, me versus Mike Tyson in 1986, I'd kick the shit out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I tell you what, it's been a strong week this week, Andy. There's been the some house. crashes, aren't there? Oh, it's been Brilliant. chaos, man. It's, and the thing is, it's been weak boxing-wise, but the sport always delivers, and that's why we keep delivering every week. Jason Chukwu has gone up a level now. He's asking if anyone would bang Oprah. Well, <laughs> as black man, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on out there. It's absolutely bonkers. Right. Well, anyway, back to Belly of the Week before we finish. There's a late nomination coming in from Swaggy Taggy for Connor Ben, who has actually shaved off that fake beard that he paid money. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I think I, I, I can get the ball rolling and I will nominate Connor Bett for shaving off You're a fucking face. bomb. You're a fucking asshole. That's your bad with the Connor Bett tattoo. Back to the fucking tattoo shop again. Like, <laughs> 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 getting the cheese grater on it. 
<laughs> we have a sunblock. Did he, that... did he get the full like implantation and everything? Like, yeah, yeah. He got to shave for Bucky's yeah. head as well, too, and got it injected into his face. What a fucking weirdo! It's a cry for help, that. <laughs> Seriously, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I don't care about mental health or whatever. And that 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 is that's not on. And if he goes spends it all over it doing the same thing, he's got this fucking this this monstrosity <laughs> been injected into his napper. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Just age, age. Problem. You know what we need next? We need a boxer to come out. You know the British Hair Clinic. You need someone to have like a friggin' um, penis uh, extension or something. <laughs> <laughs> Take it up another level. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to thank the British Penis Clinic. <laughs> oh man, sorry. Right, uh, who we are? Who we are? Aussie. Uh, you had another one to throw in, I think. Uh, Chavez, was it? Uh, I've just seen it again. In there. apparently, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. has um, retired to become a singer. Uh, not, I'm not. I've not seen that myself. But again, oh, here. from the chat, I've got a funny story. Right, so uh, fucking Chavez. The story's going to be that Chavez Jr.'s got a problem with co- uh, cocaine, right? And apparently he boarded a flight in Mexico. And <laughs> this fucking passenger shouted to or asked him, have you got the coronavirus? <laughs> fucking state he must have been in the fucking get asked that question. I thought to myself, fucking hell, that is brilliant. Have you got the coronavirus? <laughs> Take aim, says he'll, he'll quit mid- midway through a song. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would too. Oh, this is madness. Madness tonight. Imagine if uh, Neil Marsh or somebody tells him, oh, I had an interview, lads, go and, go and check it out. And then he, he yeah. friggin' listens to the end to this pish. He <laughs> <laughs> tell you, listen, everybody will be listening to this and I'm all off, man. That's all it's all about, you know. I mean, I yeah, who'd have, who'd have thought tonight's <laughs> pop would have consisted about people uh, saying the shag, who was it, Judge Judy? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you heard, you, you heard it here first. Judge fucking Judy. We, right, we I'm going to go... Th- <laughs> I'm going to... Well, that's true, Donny. I'm, I'm going for Dave, Isaac Dave. Chamberlain this week. Um, I like the way he said he was fighting twice on one night and revealed it was God's plan that he signed with Channel 5 and Mick Hennessy. Who else would it be for that? Isaac Chamberlain for me. Who are you going for, Ozzy? I think you actually picked... Um, did you pick um, Connor already? Yeah, Conor Ben, Ben, 100%. The fact he shaved off a beard, that he paid cash to come through because he wanted to look more of a man, and now he's got rid of it again, it just uh, says it all for me. An obvious pick. Obvious pick for Ozzy. Andy, who are you going for this week, episode 360? That's a strong one, mate. I think I need to go for Conor Ben as well. That is absolutely tremendous. You know, as you say, I mean, it's just... (laughs) No. Yeah, Conor Ben, that's what I'm going to say. Fucking hell. Take aims to a good one in the chat there. He says, Jason Chukwu, I fell asleep with Judge Judy. <laughs> that's just Bance. Bance. It's all Bance, Gabe. Who are you going for? PCP. Gabriel? Is he there? No? He's with Judge Rob? Judy. <laughs> Rob. Who you going for, Rob? Um, in a bad week for the Connors, um, Connor Ben slightly edging out McGregor, but like, <laughs> even though, because if McGregor was fully in our sport, it'd have to be him. 
how the fuck did he let that happen? Like, but uh, yeah, Connor Bain for the Velcro beard. Looks like he's going to be pretty unanimous. Donald, who are you going for? Well, I would go for Connor Bain, but uh, I have to say that I think uh, I think <laughs> I think he might. Uh, Jason Chukwu might win it this week for saying he'd fuck Judge Judy. He'd probably give him the, the uh, Tony the Tiger, you know, like uh, break her hip, you know. <laughs> ask the oh, my bastard! I don't, I don't see that hip lasting six rounds. To be honest with you. Thanks, Donny. Yeah, congratulations to Connor Ben. You have won the belly of the week for episode three hundred and sixty. I think we'll finish up there. We have more to go, but we're going to have to finish. There you go, Andy. I've kept it on track as usual. <laughs> yeah, we're half over schedule, mate. It's okay. It's pretty used to this overtime and that, you know. What did we say? Finish up at half nine? I says, well, we'll go till half, ten. And here we are. <laughs> we'll, we'll stretch it to ten o'clock, but there we go. It's crazy fucking like Devin Alexander. content you give, by Fuck the fucking listeners. Just pay a Patreon money. Exactly. Stop fucking bitching. Absolutely. Well said, Andrew. Andy Patterson there. One of the main panel members for episode 360, Ozzie Smith, was on with us as well. Donny Baseball making a glorious return, wrapping Rob Kelly out in the hood. Gabe Lewis, we had Adam Smido-Smith come back again, Dave the Hater Lowback. What a week it has been. Neil Marsh as well, Chantel Cameron, thanks for them for jumping on. We'll be back next week, which is naturally episode 361. I've been Steve Wellings, we'll catch you all again, same time, same place next week. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.